Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Welcome to the show that is the Suns Hooked on Wrestling with myself, Rob McNichol, and my old pal, my old buddy, showbiz Paul Benson. Hello, Rob. Hello, everybody. Yeah, it feels you know it feels like a long time since we've been recording. It's only a week, isn't it? It's been a, it's been a lot going on this week. It really has, both in uh, both in our lives and in the wrestling world. It's been uh, it's been quite a busy one. No? It's been uh, it's been seven short days that uh, uh, plenty going on. So, and indeed. Uh, I believe we're catching you just about before you're off on the uh, on another flight. The last time we were trying to do this, you doomed you and it didn't get no one holiday. But uh, you're uh, you're off to Dublin in the morning, I understand. I am going to Dublin to be sure, to be sure. That's why I'm a little bit late recording this because I'm packing. I'm, I've got a couple of days there. I'm going to the WWE show uh, tomorrow night, uh, and the, the reason I'm going is actually for work. Bammer have got an event over there that's on Friday, uh, Saturday night from the Three Arena, both from the Three Arena actually. So I'm going over there for that too. So it should be a fun weekend. Good stuff. A little bit of uh, both of your worlds colliding, or at least uh, going back to back. Um, it be interesting to see. I'll give you some little bits of homework. Obviously, you're um, slightly biased from a, a Bama's perspective because that's uh, uh, that's your company. But we work with, we work nicely with WWE as well. You're not certainly the one to uh, put undue uh, uh, negativity on them where, where you don't see it. So I'd be really, really interested to see how... Uh, how the two nights compare, and I'm not really talking about the uh, entertainment uh, on on show because because it is two dis- different disciplines. One is a, yep. a staged event, and the other one is a uh, a mixed martial art um, legitimate event. So I'm not uh, casting aspersions on anything, but I'd love to hear from you in terms of what the uh, what the reactions are like to different fighters, whether things build through the night, whether they ignore the early stuff on uh, either show and only pop for the main event, um, what the demographics are like. So. Uh, I'd be really interested if you would keep your eye out, and ne- next week we'll have a we'll have a little bit of a, an assessment of the two shows. Absolutely, I will give you my less than expert v- verdict. Indeed, um, this is a wrestling podcast, and we will keep it so. Uh, there are plenty of people that uh, are not necessarily MMA enthusiasts. However, uh, if people want to watch this, is this is this available on uh, on television, or is this just a uh, an in in house kind of thing? No, the Bama stuff. No, yeah. it's actually going to be available. A uh, bit of a plug to anybody in the UK on Fight TV for free. It's yep. the first time we've done this. Um, I won't go into the details, but um, we are taking a because of the, well, I'll tell you right, it's because of the night of the week. We know Bama only goes on Fridays, but because it's a Saturday, we haven't got a place on the TV schedule. So we're on Fight TV, um, which a lot of you will know from where you can get Ring of Honor and. Um, House of Hardcore and various other wrestling promotions we are on there all you need to do is log on to there it's completely free uh, on Saturday night at 9 o'clock I believe is the main card starting um, it's actually main evented um, by a cracking match especially from a pro wrestling perspective um, there's a chap a French 
guy called Alex Lahore, who is the closest I've seen in MMA outside of Conor McGregor to a WWE, to a wrestling personality. He's absolutely cool as, and he's against um, someone who's described to me today as the Samoa Joe of MMA. He's a Romanian guy called Ila Papescu, I think. Um, and it's going to be a cracking little match, very pro wrestling in its approach. And if you fancy checking out on Saturday night, Fight TV. Excellent stuff. Uh, I wish you all the very best with your um, your um, your little project there, Paul. I should be watching Eurovision, uh, but it's just the way it's just, just 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 the way it goes. Just what we'll have things we happen to. Uh, um, oh, Fight yeah. TV, by the way, F I T E, everyone, um, for the uh, Fight TV app. Uh, and it is uh, if you heard uh, SoCal Val on the show uh, a little while ago she was talking about uh, working with them as well so it's, it's that same uh, same thing um, as Paul mentions it might be 9 o'clock on Saturday um, don't wait until 8.57 on Saturday to download it and then start moaning you don't know how to do it because um, uh, I'm forever getting that in my uh, in my real job where people wait till about 2 minutes to 3 before uh, trying to sort out any uh, uh, issues they're having with a uh, commentary or something on there uh, to listen to the football, so um, so make sure you give it some uh, some um, some uh, some air. But uh, I do have the Fight TV app, and it is uh, it's very good. It's quite easy to work, and it's got uh, uh, all sorts of uh, different uh, wrestling on there, and uh, other sort of um, combat uh, sports that you can watch. It's it's, uh, it's great fun. Um, we're not getting paid to plug that. I don't know why we're uh, spending so much time making it sound good, but uh, it is good. So uh, well, it's it's a, it's a project. Our, our our mutual friend SoCal Val is a very big part of Fight TV, so uh, she deserves a good plug now and again. Okay, we'll let, we'll let that one go, and then we'll move on uh -huh. to uh, other topics. <laughs> I was hoping I you I, would. There was, uh, there was a thing that Eric Morecambe used to say. He used to say, there's no answer to that, and we'll just move on. So, uh, uh, yes, uh, so w w best of luck with that, Paul, and we certainly will talk about uh, uh, your double up in Dublin uh, next week on this show. Um, what uh, about other things we've got going on? We will later on in the show give you a little bit more information about some hooked on wrestling things that you can get involved in. They are uh, including, but not limited to, uh, Money in the Bank. We're going to be doing some shows, uh, as in some uh, some live events similar to our shows with WrestleManias and Raw Rumbles and that kind of thing uh, with Money in the Bank. It's a bit uh, it's a bit of a limited trial. It's a bit of beta testing from our perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we don't normally really go outside of the the big three, although we have had little uh, um, shindigs for um, Survivor Series and for uh, Wrestle Kingdom and for the Greatest Rumble. And we were just dipping our toe into the waters, just testing out how things work. And we'll be doing so again for uh, Money in the Bank. More on that later. Uh, and if you haven't heard so far that uh, in July, and about mid-July, uh, then the Ain't He Great Tour is on. Jeff Jarrett yeah. is coming to the UK in association with Hooked on Wrestling. And Double J will be taking in four different venues uh, legitimately across the UK we're happy to say that we're in uh, three of the four countries of the Union so uh, in Edinburgh, not in this particular order because I can't remember the order off the top of my head but in Edinburgh in Cardiff in London and in Sheffield in uh, July uh, you can see Jeff Jarrett the one of the newest batch of WWE Hall of Famers uh, he is coming over and uh, you're going to get to press him on all sorts of questions we talked last week about how Jeff when you really sit down and think about it is one of the most interesting uh, stories that's ever been in wrestling, the people he's worked with, his family connections, his controversies with WWE, uh, his whole history with TNA. There's just so much to talk about, and we can't wait to be uh, to be doing that uh, with Double J uh, in July. More about those two shows later, and in terms of how you can uh, go about uh, getting tickets and more info and so forth. But Paul, um, you said it's been a big week. It feels like more than a week 
um, since we last spoke in terms of in terms of wrestling. So picking out um, one particular thing, what's been your sort of highlight of the week in terms of a talking point? Would you say? Well, the obvious one is um, is backlash, uh, yeah. as it happens. Quite a polarising show. What's an appropriate name this year? Yeah, very much so, absolutely, because they were faced with one after that show. I know um, you and I have got slightly differing opinions on it, but I think it's been a long time since I've seen a show that got such a negative reaction. It was, um, and maybe maybe a bit too harshly, maybe fair. I think we'll talk no, about I that. Well, I don't think too harshly at all. Well, let's go straight in with it. I never like to tell people... No, in fact, no, not, I never... I sometimes don't like to tell people... Um, where they're going wrong with stuff, and, and this is this is one of those this is one of those points. I am not. T- if you didn't like this show, I am not telling you that you are wrong. You are clearly not. If if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. I, I've always thought it's a little bit like even I am 34 years old, and still my mother insists every now and again that I should. Why don't Why don't you try a banana? I, like, I don't like them. Stop trying to make me eat them. I'm 34 years old. I know what I don't <laughs> like to eat, but it's because she likes them. She can't quite get her head around that someone else won't like that I get that. food. Um, and it's whether it's the same with music and it's the same with TV shows and you know if you happen to like Coldplay and Mrs Brown's Boys all the very best to you they're both very very popular I won't have either of them in the house but nope. um, it's it's just the way we go we, we like certain things we dislike certain things but it does feel I said to Paul I said this to Paul earlier in the week and now we're getting a chance to talk about it on the on the actual show is that I feel like increasingly I'm I'm not going to say losing touch with what wrestling fans think because I, I don't think wrestling fans is a fair thing to do I've taken Paul to task on this show before about lumping all the fans in together but I really did feel like everywhere I turned this week whether it's the casual fan on Twitter whether it's people on our on our Facebook um, you know boards on, on Hooked on Wrestling and whether it's you know analysts of the business like uh, like uh, Wade Keller or Dave Meltzer I feel that everywhere I've gone this week they've been you know not even just saying I didn't like Backlash but saying things like the terrible Backlash pay-per-view no, there was, they're not even looking at it as being something that some people liked and some people didn't. They're just describing it as a bad show. And I just don't think it was. I relatively enjoyed it. I suspect in about four or five weeks' time you'll ask me what was on the show and I won't remember. But that's as much to do with my poor memory as it was the, uh, the show that was provided. All I know is I watched it in two sittings. I watched the first hour or so live on the network. Uh, I went to work on the Monday morning. Uh, I came back the following day uh, and I watched it in the afternoon I had a short day on Monday it was, it was a bank holiday weekend but I had a short day in uh, and I came back watched the rest of the show and went well it wasn't as good as the start but I was broadly a thumbs, thumbs up I would rather have watched it than not watched it I thought there were more good bits than bad bits and I didn't immediately go to the internet and find out what everyone was saying until I spoke to a mate who, who, who said he didn't like it and you know, I sort of took him to task a little bit, and he went, "Well, <laughs> the internet agrees with me." And I went online and saw this, uh, all this stinging criticism. Mm. Yeah, well, it was harsh. I, like I say, it was there was, I I saw it. I saw a similar to you. I watched it in two halves. I saw some of it before and some of it after the, after the criticism. And I must admit, the last few matches I'd seen spoilers for. I'd seen what happens before I actually watched it. But I must say, I just think it was. It, it was not a pay-per-view that'll live long in the memory, definitely not. But it wasn't. Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. It, it, well, you, you said as much. But it, it just—I just don't understand how people saw it as the worst thing ever. I wonder just whether people are a bit too—and um, I hesitate to say the word now, 
a bit entitled whether we see so much wrestling so much good wrestling from so many sources that we just won't put up with anything that's not top class anymore well I will I will defend WWE when I feel that people's criticism is unjust and I think a few of the bits of criticism were unjust let me tell you what I mean uh, um, there's a very 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 strange line these days between uh, how quote unquote quote unquote a fan will react and how someone that's looking at things from a different perspective will react but we're all fans to an extent it's, I, I, I still react like a fan but I then take a step back and try and analyse what I'm thinking about I've never liked to try to put myself above other people in terms of my reaction. I'm no better than anyone listening in terms of um, what I think. Except for the fact that over time I have listened to a lot of people in positions of power. I've met a lot of wrestlers. I've done a lot of interviews. I've not quite sat in on booking meetings, but I've been backstage at big shows. And I understand a little bit more about how things work, I think. And I do feel that there there have been times where... I'm a hypocrite because I say I want people to react as fans Mm. react naturally and just react you know off the cuff and not try and think too hard about quote the business but at the same time I think people do that and then try and analyse it and they actually don't realise what they're doing I think it's a little bit like sometimes if you were to watch um, if we were to watch a game of football together mate let's say we were were to watch um, it's the World Cup's coming up so let's say we watch um, Russia versus Saudi Arabia opening game of the World Cup yeah and uh, a tackle comes in, edge of the box, on one player on another, you know, we'd sit there and go, was that a foul? Was that a penalty? Was it a corner? Was it a goal kick? We'd be able to do it, and we'd be able to talk dispassionately. Well, actually, if you look at it, the tackle comes in from the side, he got a little bit of the ball, his momentum carried him through, probably not a foul, he got the ball, you know, well done. Yep. When it's England, two days later, and that happens, and it's our, we think it's a penalty and we get, you know, don't get it given, are we able to look at it the same way? At the time, probably not. Our emotions want a penalty. And so we scream for it and we moan about the referee. A couple of days later, we might go back to it and go, ah, do you know what? I've looked at that again. It was actually a good tackle. But you want something so much, it actually clouds your judgment. And I think there's a little bit of some wrestling fans wanting something so much. And then when they don't get given it, they actually don't realise that not being given it is good business. Yep. Absolutely their right. Rea- their right. reaction is, oh, I'm annoyed about that. It was a terrible show because I didn't get that. And I go, well, how are you analysing it? Are you ta- are you trying to be dispassionate and analyse it from the outside and go, this is why it's a good business decision, or are you analysing it as a fan? And like I say, I'm not really having a go at those people for reacting like a fan because I want everyone to. I still react like a fan. We all do. I've met yep. wrestlers and they watch WrestleMania and they react like a fan because they are fans and we all are. But don't get that confused with then trying to analyse the product which you're watching. And I'm talking specifically about AJ and Nakamura. I've been talking too long. I'll let you rebut. But that's that's kind of the topic I'm I'm talking about. I I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. And broadly, I agree with you. I think that there is a real um, it's really hard for people to invest in stories nowadays and that's not a criticism of us as fans because it's as much the fault of the uh, the companies that just don't book proper stories anymore they book moments and and it's just not as easy to get behind those and and I think unfortunately over time we've been we've been conditioned 
that that is how you book now and the unfortunate consequence of that is people if people know consciously or subconsciously that uh, that a promoter a story writer a booker whatever you want is not going to give them that uh, journey from A to B to C if they if they know they're not going to get that they want what they want now whereas mm-hmm. 10 or 15 years you think about the Austin era how many times did Austin um get left left on it standing on his arse you know how many times did he get setbacks and um, taken out by McMahon or The Rock or The Undertaker or Kane or whatever it was all the time but nobody ever complained A because the quality of what was on the TV on the screen was so good but B because at that time we knew that stories were happening and we would get where we wanted to be eventually the fans would get the payoff in the end but that just doesn't happen now It's, it's moments and so Again, I'm not sure it's conscious or subconscious. Certainly, it's something. It's an idea that's only just really popped into my head as we were talking. So I'm kind of fleshing it out as I go. But because people have now been conditioned to say, "Okay, we're going to book in moments," then they don't want to wait. They don't want to wait. They want the big Daniel Bryan win now. They want Rusev to win the world title now. They don't want to be. They're not conditioned to hang on and wait till next week or wait till next month or wait till next pay view. We want that five star Styles Nakamura match now. We don't want to invest in the story to make the payoff better. We want it right this second because we don't trust WWE to see the story through. I'm not just saying, I'm, I'm not just picking on WWE. Most companies are as guilty of this, but obviously WWE is our focus. And I can't blame people because I'm, I try not to be the same, but on occasion I am because we just don't you know when was the last truly great long overarching story you know Roman Reigns matches just happen for no real reason the Brock Lesnar push and feud there's no overarching thread uh, going through that it just happens and I think now we finally had we finally had the will for these stories beating out of us beaten out of us sorry and we just we just want to demand what we want Okay, that's a very fair point. Um, I'm not quite as tolerant about that as you are, um, but then that tends to happen quite a lot. <laughs> um, right, let's let's put Roman to one side. Okay, mm-hmm. not just because we've done so much talking about him on the show in the past. Um, well, listen, I also accept that it's not fair to judge a company on everything else except its main event. Most of the time, you judge it almost solely on its main event. Um, you have told me about presumably the match that you have told me about uh, at Bama on Saturday is the main event is it? Correct Right okay that is the one that you went for unknowingly because you're talking to a mate and you're talking to it on a wrestling podcast so you're not doing your sales job but your instinct is that you are a salesman whether you like it or not mate you are Yep. and um, you can't help but mention the what you think is the most attractive thing on the card to have me watching it or anyone else watching it um, and you went to the main event and it's like that's naturally what a promoter would do so mm-hmm. I am not saying everything is rosy except the main event because that is simply not how things work however I do think more attention is being paid to Roman and that is bleeding into everyone's consciousness their dis- disaffectation for Roman Reigns and that whole story is making them feel negative about everything else park that thought we'll come back to Roman also part of Daniel Bryan because you mentioned him as well I just want to quickly talk about AJ and Nakamura mm. because I thought it was their best match so far in WWE um, you know obviously the, the Wrestle Kingdom match I'm, I'm not including on the same scale necessarily no. but I thought it was an okay match that we expected so much more from 
at WrestleMania. I thought it was an okay match, which understandably they just knocked away a, a, a poor finish for at the Greatest Rumble. I thought this was their best effort so far. And while I absolutely understand people's frustration at not seeing an outright winner, to me it's a little bit like, again, I'll draw the World Cup analogy. You know, if we're going to watch a game and it's a draw, sometimes you go, oh, Portugal won, Spain won. Oh, I wanted to see who was best. Okay, but actually if they meet each other in the semi-finals, then you're going to be even more excited about watching the game again. Because you never got a winner last time. I do accept that sometimes they can push fans' patience, and that can go too far. But I think they've done ju- done it just about right. I think the next match has to has to end it. I know what people said. Oh well, how can you how can you have a no DQ match that ends in a draw? And I think well, easily because like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's no disqualification. They didn't say it was no it was no double count out. That's sure. not necessarily how things go. Um. So, you know, they specifically called they didn't call the match a. A street fight which has no count out, did they? They called it an ODQ match and they gave you a count out. That's them being cleverer than you, I'm afraid. I have a strong sus- suspicion that the next match between the two of them will be last man standing. Mm-hmm. Um, just based off of the fact that it was a 10 count. When they do that kind of thing, when there's a 10 count um, uh, that people don't meet, and it tends to be, okay, the next way that we'll suss this is to do a last man standing. Now, if they do a last man standing match and they do one of those silly endings to a last man standing match remember that rock versus mankind one with a double chair shot oh yes back in about, ni- yes. Back in about 98 I do okay if if they do that I will absolutely hold my hands up and go everyone was right that's a stupid finish you know they're dragging this out way too long have a some, have someone win already but I enjoyed the match sufficiently of 20 minutes of really good action and there were times where I thought oh god Nakamura's going to beat him they had me on a couple of oh yeah finishes. absolutely and AJ came back and it was a good enough match that it had me totally into it and when they did the double shot and they stayed down I did go I, my first instinct was to go ah oh, bloody hell but I do respect that it's one of those yeah. one of those ones that it made me want to come back it made me want to see it again and so I have not I, I can't fault that booking I think when you have the amount of big shows that um, that, that the wrestling these days has if you go right the way back to the kind of the glory days of, of what we consider the glory days of storytelling when things used to take a year you know your whole mega powers and that kind of thing um you had three pay-per-views four maybe five a couple of years later you had things like saturday night's main event to push you along saturday night main events almost never ended in clean wins there was always some sort of shenanigans going on very true um that was to get you to the next thing and these quote-unquote b pay-per-views I've said quote-unquote way too many times in this show. But um, those B pay-per-views, uh, sometimes they have to be used to take you on to the next thing. And I think that... I know they did it at WrestleMania. I'm not calling WrestleMania a B pay-per-view. But I'm just saying that you can see, can you not, how how things can be sort of taken on that, that little step extra. So I, I think that um, I'm, I have no problem with how they've done it so far. And I think that's one area that you know I, I have to address that people are complaining about. And I, I just feel they're being harsh I just feel that I accept their frustration in the moment but I think that when AJ Styles beats Nakamura in a 30 minute classic at Money in the Bank then I think they'll be might have to hold their hands up and say they got it wrong uh, yeah, well, do you know mate I, I can't argue with a word of that echoes my thoughts exactly um, I'm, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop to be perfectly honest on this Styles Nakamura programme 
my you know my theory on on the match at WrestleMania was that it was not going to be as good as expected. Uh, um, I was proved right, but you were. Um, that said, didn't see the Nakamura heel turn coming. I think it was it, he's been fantastic as a heel, but it still just hasn't translated into that electricity yet. And I just wonder whether um, how can I put this properly? I wonder whether the program, the whole the whole feud is dead on arrival based on the massively overinflated expectations yeah there is there is that there is that you wonder don't you in hindsight whether or not they should have turned Nakamura heel three weeks before Wrestlemania yeah it might have made a difference not not at Wrestlemania this whole no speak English thing might have been you know more interesting just before Wrestlemania getting you annoyed at him you know and then you you could have gone from there but um, I, I still think it was a a fun WrestleMania moment that we didn't really see coming, and that uh, that set. It. I, I am absolutely positive rather than negative about the whole feud. I accept that people's expectations have not yet been met, but because something has not yet happened, does not mean um, it's not going to happen. Without wishing to be crude, we don't always. Um, <laughs> you don't. You don't. I'm going to. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to be crude. You don't always cop off on the first day. <laughs> it also. It actually tends things tend to be a lot better for you if it takes three or four, and things develop, you know, more more naturally. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes the first the first day and the first day only is, is is plenty enough for everyone. And sometimes you want four, five, six, and seven. So I I don't think you always need that sort of instant gratification. Let's put it that way. Um, there's been enough intrigue of the first, second, and third dates that I think that the fourth one could be, um, you know, a very very pleasant evening. Uh, I'll I I will dis- I will tactfully decide not to follow on with that, mate. Good man, because I did. To be fair, I did a really bad job. Of uh, I, I um, just don't. I just feel like the way my mind works. If I carried on with that train of thought, we are going to be in deep doo doo. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know when to get out of something when uh, when necessary. Uh, you brought up Daniel Bryan. Yes. And that's a, that's a, that's a second bugbear of people's this week. Can I just say this is not everyone's opinion, but the most uh, negative of people's opinions so far have said it's been a terrible week for Daniel Bryan. Um, he's been forced to wrestle someone that's not very good and isn't over at a pay-per-view when he should be wrestling The Miz or he should be wrestling you know, AJ Styles where he's actually stuck wrestling Big Cass, who no one cares about, um, beats him in a boring match, then Cass beats him up. And then Daniel Bryan loses to Rusev in a qualifying match for Money in the Bank on on SmackDown. Um, they're burying Daniel Bryan. They're ruining his comeback. And they're putting him with people that people people don't want to see him wrestle. Why don't they have him beat you know people people care about? And why did, did he qualify for Money in the Bank? They're burying him. What a load of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I read somebody online saying today that they think it'd be. In fact, it was somebody quoting Dave Meltzer, I believe who said that Daniel Bryan already saying he should leave when his contract ends in September and go on the indies because he's already just a guy just another face on the roster which is so preposterous that I don't think we even need to uh, to break it down it's just an absolutely ludicrous opinion it really is let me let me before we just say it's ludicrous because undoubtedly some people we listen to this saying well I think it's been terrible for Daniel Bryan here's what you can consider folks 
First of all, instant gratification, as we've just been talking about. You don't need to chuck Daniel Bryan into matches against... I know they did AJ Styles the night after WrestleMania, mm. or two nights after WrestleMania, but clearly that was designed for Nakamura interference. It was a big match for a big show, which they you knew surely was never going to give you something. I think it's a very, very strong likelihood that you get Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably my go-to selection for both of those men at this stage. Would you agree? I would, absolutely. I think it's a very strong possibility. Yep. I would rather see it built for several months and go to WrestleMania than I would to see thrown away Correct. Uh, too, too early. That's the first point. The second point is that realistically, if Daniel Bryan has been away for four years, he wouldn't be going straight into big matches and if this was a proper contest, if someone had been away from Bama for four years, Paul, or been away from UFC for four years, mm-hmm. realistically, they would not come back too high up on the card, would they? Not they generally, no. They wouldn't necessarily come back into a huge position and have a title shot straight away. So, if we're going to portray things you know, more sensibly, it does make sense that he doesn't go straight into those um, events. Third thing, Big Cass is over. Don't kid on that he's not. You might not care to watch him as much as other people, but Big Cass is a heel and he gets a reaction. It, there's not silence. They boo him. They don't like him. They boo him. He beat Daniel Bryan up after a match. The crowd booed. That is heel heat. Yep. I, f- I cannot stand the idea that in in 2018, any time that someone's booed, it, ha- it has to mean that he's terrible and everyone hates him because he's rubbish and it's like well sometimes it can be actual heat you know sometimes it can be I really don't like this guy I want him to get beaten up which is what you're supposed to think what Roman is getting is not the right kind of heat and what various other what Jinder is getting is not the right people don't want to watch Jinder Mahal he gets booed for the wrong reason yep. in fact it's a, it's a groan it's not a boo it's a groan but people get quite into booing Cass they don't they don't like him but they don't realise that they're into it into not liking him so I don't agree that Cass is not over. I think he is. I think that giving a very little guy like Daniel Bryan a win over a very big guy at, um, at pay-per-view um, helps Bryan out. I thought Bryan looked great. I thought he wrestled really well. I didn't think it was a great, you know, stunningly good match. But then Cass is limited. But I thought Bryan looked really good. I thought the commentators did a really good job of, you know, explaining why Daniel Bryan is an excellent wrestler. If Cass is a nasty bastard heel, then he would attack Bryan afterwards in spite. And then that injury, you know, that beating after the match, put, you know, puts Daniel Bryan at a disadvantage when wrestling someone that's very, very good on SmackDown, like Rusev. And then Rusev wins the match. Oh, Daniel Bryan lost clean. Well, the story is that he was hurt going in. Rusev is someone that most people tend to like anyway, so at least he lost to someone that I think we, most of us would like to see doing well. And here's the most important thing of all, Paul. Who in the hell wants to see Daniel Bryan in a Money in the Bank match it's the most dangerous match that's going the guy's been out for four years with concussion related things and you want him to jump around with ladders and all kind of stuff going on what are people thinking well you should be absolutely delighted that he's not in that match I I 100% get your line of thinking um and I know your particular feelings on ladder matches and matches such like which play into even it. So. But even so. my devil's advocate opinion on that um, is if he's cleared, he's cleared. 
No, but it doesn't work that way, does mm, it? No, it doesn't. And I know that for a fact because I listened to the Jericho podcast with interviewing him. So, no, he's specifically, he's having concussion checks after every single match. Yeah. Um, so, no, you're right, absolutely right. It doesn't work like that. But a little part of me just, he, just keeps repeating that mantra over and over again and saying, if he's not, if he's, and you're right, it, you know, it's not a reasonable opinion, but if he's cleared he should be able to you know there shouldn't be any restrictions on what matches you are we never going to see him in a ladder match ever again well maybe maybe or maybe not but I certainly wouldn't risk listen I'm, I'm, I'm doing football analogies to death at the moment but if you had if you had dislocated your shoulder three times I wouldn't put you on throw-ins right it's just it, it doesn't make any sense to be you know pushing an old injury and it's like if you can write a story that doesn't involve him going into that match, then write a story that doesn't involve him going into the match, which is what they've done. It makes zero sense. So why would you... Presumably everyone loves Daniel Bryan, do they not? Is he, is he not the most universally loved superstar mm. that you've seen in 15 years? Oh. I mean, genuinely he is. Yeah, there's no competition. Right, so... <laughs> people need to respect the man behind the character and just understand that for the basic... The, listen, he probably wouldn't win it anyway... Do you know what I mean? It's like he doesn't have to win everything he's in. He probably wouldn't win it anyway. It's not a very good storyline for Daniel Bryan in 2018 to need a Money in the Bank briefcase to win a title. I'd much rather see him contest it legitimately at a big pay-per-view and win it by tapping someone out rather than running down because someone gets beaten up, which, I've, as you know, I've always had an issue with because it's a, it's a heel move. Um, so it should be someone like Carmella cashing in like we saw recently. You know, that's how yep. heels should win titles. And okay, we won't probably get into the details of her matching him you know on this show, but you know, she won she won a, she won cleanly against Charlotte on the on the show, but she did it, you know, in a real fluky, sneaky, lucky sort of way. They didn't tell a story that Carmella was better than Charlotte. They told us a, a story that the sneaky heel saw an opportunity and took it. A little bit similar to Miz winning on SmackDown where, you know, he he beat Jeff Hardy clean, but he, he did it with a little bit of fortune rather than you know, a, a, you know, a, a stronger ability, and that, again, that's good storytelling. Heels don't always have to cheat; they probably should do quite a lot of the time. But they need to win matches every now and again to look, you know, to look legitimate. Yes, they do. And I think all of that put together, you know, that's kind of standing astride several different themes there. So we don't need to probably get into them too deeply. But I just, I, I think people need to understand again, it's long-term issues, and I think they should be applauding WWE and thanking them for looking after Daniel Bryan. Because by the way. If Daniel Bryan was in a Money in the Bank ladder match and wrestled the bulk of it and did diving headbutts off of ladders and taking bumps and people would be absolutely screaming, what are they doing? They've got no respect for this guy. How dare they look? They put him in such peril. So I think better this way around. Well, what I want to do now, Robbie, is, is slightly check, slightly pivot the subject, actually, to two things. Because you're very ranty tonight, which I love. Okay, yeah, I, I, I love it. I am, actually, because I shouldn't be. Yeah. I love it, but let's uh, let's lighten the load a little bit. Yes, and um, and let's let's talk about Rusev because yeah, it is okay, Rusev yeah. Day, so we might as well talk <laughs> about it. Well, it depends on what day people are listening. To this. <laughs> it's always Rusev Day somewhere in the world, Rob. That's true. That's it true, always yeah. is. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's it. It's always time for a Rusev Day tipple. Um, now, what a great bit of booking on SmackDown. That's all I want to say, really. I'll expand yeah, on it. it. What a great bit of booking, you know. The fact is, Daniel Bryan had to lose at some point. He is, yes. and, and, and I'll go further than that, Daniel Bryan's a sort of character that should lose more often than he wins. 
Because no, 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 no. I don't think he should lose more often than he wins, but I think he should lose more often He's, than other he should... top superstars. Yes, sorry. Okay, fine. I'll refer. Yeah. I'll I'll track back slightly and and yeah. go with that. But he's an underdog, and yeah. an un- a big long undefeated streak would be just an albatross around his neck. Um, now, who better to lose to than the guy that ostensibly is a heel shouldn't be, but is a guy that the fan, another guy the fans want to see pick up big wins, um, and who could do really well in the Money in the Bank match potentially. I don't think he's going to win, and we'll we'll come on to that very briefly in a second. Um, but I just think, you know, if you're looking around the roster for the guy to give Daniel Bryan his first loss, to me, it's either him or AJ Styles. And I just think, absolutely brilliant. Quite bold, um, unexpected, but I think we might finally be seeing the signs of something with Rusev, especially with the uh, quasi-reunion with Lana last week on SmackDown. And it looks like Aiden English is going to be pushed to the side by his wife, um, and that could result in him going a bit more heel or it could result in the big face turn. But either way, I think it means Russo's going to get a bit more attention going forward, which obviously is a good thing. Yes. Yes, I, I, I can't elaborate too much on that. I um, I think that if, AJ, if um, Daniel Bryan is going to lose to anyone, I'm very pleased it was it was Rusev. Um, it, if nothing else, it can get us to a Daniel Bryan versus Rusev match at the... At the next paper, oh, wouldn't that be something um, special? A long form match between really, those two. It'd be, it'd be really, really good, and you would have the added bonus of not necessarily having such an obvious win. No. If you're just assuming that Daniel Bryan beats everyone until WrestleMania, then suddenly his matches become a little. I mean, was there really a jeopardy about him losing to Big Cass? I don't think so. Even though one of them's yeah. five foot five and the other one's allegedly seven foot tall. We always knew that Daniel Bryan was going to... And so he should, because he's a much bigger star. And it was a, a better story that was told. But Rusev is the kind of character that they still... Although they do some comedy bits with him... You know, they do, do still portray Rusev as being a bit of a killer. Yep. And it's good for Rusev to win big matches every now and again. To you know, to look like he can... Sudden, like you want Rusev to be the kind of one that... If you suddenly went, OK, we're doing Rusev AJ at the next pay-per-view. We need a credible killer. AJ's going to beat Nakamura... And we're going to need a credible killer to wrestle AJ Styles. Yep. You could probably plug Rusev into that straight away. Have him tap a few people out to the accolade. Yep. You know, it's it's a it's something that you can do. Well, um, from a and it's I, I thought that it was interesting, you know, and, and key. I would I would have argued a, a different point had Rusev tapped Daniel Bryan out with the accolade, but he didn't. He caught him with a match kick, and if you if you tell good stories as commentators, you can say Daniel Bryan is as good as Rusev, but Rusev caught him with one. Yep. And Rusev is dangerous enough that if he catches you with one, you're down. Everyone's got a puncher's right. chance, or should have. Yeah, that's they should make they should make that. I think that should happen much more often. Agreed. We can do this. To, we can do this topic another day, but I've got a bigger rant in me, a bigger one one I've already had, about how um, there should be way, way, way more matches that are won with something that isn't a finisher. And I don't mean kick out a finisher, kick out a finisher, kick out a finisher, win with something else. I mean that before Roman Reigns has gone for his spear, he can win with a Superman punch. Mm. I mean that before you know Daniel Bryan has, has hit the uh, um, has put the yes lock on, that he could win with a you know some sort of you know superplex or something. I think there'd be certain moves and certain. Uh, Randy Orton should win with some 
you know, draping DDTs for time from time to time. There should be moves that you you think could be wins, and then when you go into matches in the future, it's more plausible. The near near falls are more plausible, other than sort of going, well, this match isn't going to end yet because X hasn't hit the move Y, and it's it's a problem. But anyway, enough of that. Yeah. All right. So just very quickly, because I really want to get into answering everyone's questions, because I'm really excited about this. But very briefly, who do you think is going to win Money in the Bank? I've got a theory. How many matches are there going to be? Uh, well, there's going to be two, actually. There's going to be the male and the female one. The female one's still a little bit up in the air. I'm talking specifically about the male one. Okay, there are some suggestions that there might be three matches, I don't know. But, it's um, not going to happen, I don't think. No? no especially okay. based on... No, I, I, I'm pretty confident that's nonsense. Well, I've always been a, a big fan of... Um, I, I think heels should win. Now, I know you're not asking me who... Um, will win are you asking me who should win yeah sorry you're asking me who will win as opposed to who should yes um i mean listen i think your your obvious answer is miz um let's talk about him a bit more in a second but um you know he's on a hot streak um excuse me he's a heel that you could believe would you know would cash in sneakily um people would probably still pop for the moment um so I can see it working with him. I'd, I'd quite like to see Randy Orton win it and uh, use it as a as a basis for a heel turn. Okay. Um, we've talked before about my sort of Orton theories about how they could do things with him, but I I, I could see it being a really nice twist to because Orton's perspe- Orton's persona is the kind of RKO out of nowhere. And you know, if he had a the the money in the bank as well as that, then that could be quite uh, um, quite interesting. But I think people would groan for the oh, it's got we're going back to Orton again because you're kind of thinking whoever wins the the uh, the the box wins the belt, aren't you? So um, basically, yeah. I can understand why why you wouldn't want to go back there. Um, uh, who else? Who else is there? I don't like I don't like it being Rusev. I don't find Rusev being the um, you know this. I, I would always want it to be someone, someone that I think a, is a sneaky cash-in um, candidate. So I think when you go back and you think about classic money in the bank holders, you do think about Miz, don't you, when people you are do. carrying it around, around for him. You think about Dolph Ziggler, um, you know, sort of sneaking around. Um, uh, if Dean Ambrose were to come back, you know, I think he would be a really good option for it if we're going to go heal Dean. Um, he'd be someone, but I'm kind of sort of reaching at names. Has uh, Kevin Owens won it before? No. Kevin Owens would be a really nice one, or Sami Zayn. Either of them would be a nice one, and then sort of one would back the other, and actually maybe one of them at some point would scupper the other, um, and, and sort of hold them back because they want to win something themselves. That would be quite a fun dynamic to have either one of those winning. Um, other than that, maybe you could push someone. You could use it as a as a straight up push. What if Andrade Cien Almas wins the money? Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, just someone. You can use it as a way of pushing someone straight out of the gate. Yeah, could work. Well, my my there's, a, there's others as well. Oh, sorry, I'll let you go. Well, my prediction is that yeah, yeah I was because I've not really got anyone else left to pick now, have I? Um, well, I've thought of one more that I was going to say. I have my my pick's one of my classic. I'm going to call it a hurricane pick because it's one of those where it's completely 
far from being the favourite, but if it actually comes off, I can live on it for the next year and claim to be some sort of some sort of mind reader, some sort of magician, mystic, mystic Benson. The word claim is quite big. Claim, claim, yeah. I'm, I'm going with Big E. Wow, that is that is an out of the. I told you, I told you as well. You know, it's no, again, it's not a secret that I think he is imminently going to be given some degree of a singles push um, and I'd like to see that as a face with a loose alliance still with Kofi and um, Xavier Woods I don't want to see the New Day broken up but I just feel like the time is probably right there's not a lot for them to do left as a fully functioning unit it feels like the time to do something a bit different and something a bit different with one of those guys is a singles run Um they've got a match next week against Sheamus and Cesaro with the winning team allowed to elect one person into the Money in the Bank match um, and that just feels like a bit of a red flag to me because they've never done that before um, and it feels like it must be done for a reason and I just think Big E's ready I think he's 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 going to be a big star I think he's got everything in his locker and I think he's going to be one of these guys similar to how Bret Hart was all those years ago where the minute you switch gears from tag team to singles, he's taken incredibly seriously. You know, Bret Hart won his first world title, what, 18 months after he went solo? And less than that, actually. Less than that. It was... Um... Well, they, uh, yeah, the, the second time, because they they sort of went... Bret started to have a bit of a solo run in, in what, something like, 88? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the 90s. And then they, 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 pulled, they pulled it quite quickly, and then they went back to the team. Yes. And then Anvil went. So, yeah, I mean, he, he won at SummerSlam 91, he won the, the IC title, and then he won his first world title at the end of 92. Yeah, November 92. So in, in, inside two years. It? It, was, it was, well, it was, if you take it from WrestleMania, April... Um, to November the next year, so that is, you know, that's that is eighteen months essentially. Yeah, it was a team at seven, wasn't it? It was a team at WrestleMania seven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Years, um, yeah. So, and that eighteen months back then was, you know, you could truncate that a lot now because of the pace things move. And I just think it could be very similar. I think he could go in there, he could take that briefcase, and again, you've got a new dynamic within the new day. You've got a, you know, you start putting. Um, Big E into singles matches and singles competition I think you've got a big star in your hands right out of the gate it'd be something new and different and um, yeah I just think it could work really well and you imagine the New Day all threatening cash-ins and things like that and being silly with the briefcase and it could just be it could be something very different and I think it could be the start of something really good for him so that's my off the wall pick Big E for Money in the Bank I can see why you asked me the question now <laughs> you asked me. You <laughs> asked me the question. Unless I want to set it up. Yeah, you asked me, so you could get that in, didn't you? Um, I did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two more, um, which I won't expand on. I'm just saying, I'd put them in the running. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Samoa Joe. Mhm. Uh, and I'm gonna say Elias. Okay. I think they could be for, for different reasons. You know, Joe could have the belt as a, you know, the box as a real, you know, threat. Don't forget, I'm still around. But Elias is that one that's... Elias can lose every week. It doesn't really matter about Elias losing at this point because he's entertaining enough and does enough that people still want to watch him and want to boo him. And that's kind of... There's a little bit of a history of Money in the Bank winners losing and losing and losing and losing and then suddenly cashing in as a piece of misdirection. So Mm. I think Elias could be a... uh, 
a reasonable candidate for that. So I think there's plenty of choices. Fair dues. Fair enough dues. Um, since we're on him, before we get on to, I know we want to talk about the Miz and Seth quickly. Um, while we're talking about Elias, uh, I love the hell out of the um, out of their segment at Backlash. Again, maybe that's another thing that people um, you know go, oh, it's just silliness. It should be on Raw. Blah blah blah. I've I've always had a bit of an issue with people that decide that they know how to book the shows. Oh, I would have put this on last, or I would have had this on Raw. It's like, well, take a step back from it and start just enjoying what's there. I thought it was very, very funny. Just, they, people kept interrupting him. You know, just, he was getting more and more annoyed. People were having fun at his expense. You got to see a little bit of a different side of, uh, of Rusev, a different side of Bobby Roode. Um, I just thought it was a nice piece of business. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, I don't think they're doing No Way Jose any favours by just making him do the Adam Rose gimmick. But um, is he really going to be destined for a huge run? Probably not. No. So um, just I thought just loads of fun. No more to say other than that. Just I thought it was it's one of the extra things that made me enjoy the show because it put a smile on my face. Yep, it was fun. It should have been on Raw. No, that's fine. Doesn't matter where it is. It's not for you. It's not for you to say where it is. It's, it's, <laughs> they've got to fill three hours on a pay per view. So that's, that's alright, mate. I'm just I'm just winding you up. Yeah, good light. It was good light relief. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Seth Rollins versus the Miz. Oof. Miz's Miz's best match ever. I can't think of anything better, to be honest. Yes. The only, one, the only other match that I can think that's in the uh, in the same bracket happened this week. <laughs> on, on He's not had a bad week, has he? <laughs> he might have had his best two matches ever this week. Um, I, I thought the, I thought the match on Sunday was better. Um, another one in the eye to anyone that thinks that quote unquote curtain jerking is a bad spot to have behave yourself Um, Rollins I love the fact that the the announcers are saying he's the hottest property going they are talking about Monday Night Rollins and they're talking about you know um, how how on fire he is and he's talking about it they're talking about it I think it's a really good story It's it's, it's your old fashioned you know sports team sportsman on a roll and that, that happens sometimes on whatever level whether it's you know Jordan Spieth winning back to back majors or whether it's someone in the cricket hitting centuries in every match or you know some people just go on tears don't they they do and the story right now is that Rollins is on fire they haven't really told it but it started from when he won that gauntlet match or when he went a long long way in that gauntlet match and since then they've really gone let's put Seth Rollins over as a really great wrestler who wins wrestling matches but he also doesn't win them too easily or too obviously, so they're all quite the fight. And actually, there were plenty of times where I bought a Miz win here. You know, I bought a Miz winning and taking the IC title to SmackDown or however they were going to work it. And um, the fact that he didn't was was no real issue to me. It was just it was a, it was a great match with a good finish and one of one of Seth Rollins' better matches, let alone one of Miz's. But yeah, I think probably the Miz's best ever. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Um, and, a, and a word, especially on Rollins, like you say, he really has had the. He's had a very subtle push, hasn't he? You know, he's been he's been pegged 
as one of the very best and I, and it feels like a very organic run up the card for him he's got a lot of momentum and he's clearly the best worker on either roster on current form I don't think there's I don't think anybody's close if I'm honest um, on current hope, form yeah good shout on current form yeah I'm not saying you know overall um, and it really feels like they're going to town with him so long may it continue basically I like I like his character I'm really, really fond of his character because he isn't the most bombastic, braggadocious, I'm going to beat you no. sort of character. And I think that actually there is a there's a place in the modern sporting world for those because I suppose American sport is different to British sport. We certainly wouldn't take to anyone like that. If a, if a footballer or a British sportsman really came out and started being full of themselves and full of swagger as a British public we wouldn't take to them maybe the American public would take to them differently there are certain examples in um, American sports where um, it's a different sort of world but I do look at you know from a, certainly from a British perspective you know, I look at someone like Anthony Joshua mm. you know who is, who is a genuine world champion I don't like boxing I don't watch boxing but he's a genuine world champion he's, he's won matches at the top level but he just seems like a nice fella. Yep. You know, I'm sick of boxers strutting around, refusing to smile and talking about how great they are and how much they're going to win a match and then get knocked on their ass in two rounds. Whereas Joshua comes out and just seems like a good chap. He does then say, listen, I think I'm going to win. I think I'm the best. But he doesn't do it in a kind of you're all idiots sort of way. He does it in a, a smile and a piece of confidence. And I think that's a good baby face. I don't think baby faces should be too... They should say that they're the best because they want to prove that they're the best. They need to get their fans behind them. But I find that Rollins is much more of a kind of, oh, I really enjoyed that. That was close, but fair play to me as he ran me close, but I got it done. Thanks to everyone for being behind me. You really got me over the line there. Like, he has that sort of humbleness to him, but still confidence. And I love that. And I think that's actually a, that's a real trait. No one in real life actually behaves like most wrestlers. And indeed, it's one of the weird crossover things that I don't like about boxing in the UFC because I I, I I find it really too easy to go. Well, this is just you're working. I'm not saying the actual I'm not saying the fights, the performances are works, but I'm saying that the everything building up to it. I'm going. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons I I can't get on board with it because you can't tell me all that Conor McGregor nonsense the other week with him chucking barricades and stuff. You can't tell me that wasn't the work. It has to have been. And if it's not, he should be in prison. And it's just, it's just to me that's just utter nonsense, and it turns me off completely to sports like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm perfectly where we started this show by plugging Bama, and now I'm slagging off MMA. But I'm not saying. <laughs> but I haven't hey. seen. But I haven't seen. But I haven't listen. I haven't seen your lot do that. You know, you show me. I've seen more Bama stuff in the last few months because you're working for them. Yep. And I, I pay a bit of attention, and I've not seen your lot do that. You seem to, pre, you seem to present it as a as a proper contest. All right, there's sometimes a bit of a nose to nose at a press conference or a weigh in or something, which is there like, is. That's a load of bollocks. But everyone does it, so it's. I think they're just going along with the world. But generally speaking, I think you portray it as a proper fight, and and I'm sure that's what it is. They so do. They do. I think wrestling, wrestling could stand to do it a lot more. And if you present characters like Seth Rollins, like Finn Balor, like AJ Styles, like Daniel Bryan, and to an extent like Rusev and Sheamus and Cesaro and a few others that just look like Samoa Joe, that just come across as, I'm a wrestler, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to try and beat you. 
and not too many other stupid shit that goes around with it, I think wrestling actually could lead the way in making things more realistic than some of the sports that are real. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, they could. Um, whether they want to or not uh, is another debate. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair enough. But I think for a char- if I'm an individual, maybe not the WWE would lead it, but if I'm an individual, I would look at it and say, where is the niche? And the niche is probably not to be so over the top and so mad. You know, for everyone cutting, you know, eye-bulging heel promos, fine. None of you are as over as Shinsei Nakamura, who just says, me no speak English. <laughs> True. Do you know what I mean? It's just... True. It's just sometimes you can do it really subtly and really cleverly, and I, I'm just saying I love the, you know, the honest... If you're, you know, if anyone is, the, I would compare to the to the Bret Hart of the early 90s, you know, it's, it's Seth Rollins, who is just... People love Seth Rollins because he's good, and he seems like he's one of them. I think that's why he's loved. And I think from... I think the best thing they did with him is when he turned in babyface again, that he fronted up to all the Triple H stuff. He didn't pretend it didn't happen. He went, look, I made a mistake. I went down the wrong path. I let the wrong people influence me. Yep. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Let me make it up to you guys. And they did that sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline you know, with, with Ambrose where he had to prove you know, he's, he's willing. I thought it was a really, really well-booked character arc, and it's really paying off now. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and you're right on the turn. They did make a big mistake, I think, when they brought him back from injury. He probably should have turned straight away, but they had they had that rumpus with Orton, and then um, and then he turned. Oh, he turned in the four way, didn't he? When it was for the Universal Title when Kevin Owens won it, that was the catalyst for the turn. And it just felt again. It felt like he had lost a bit well, of momentum. They turned on him, didn't they? Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a baby face by. I think it was because he didn't turn was the problem someone else turned heel or the Triple H sided with someone else and tur- so a heel turned on a heel yeah so if you've got two baby faces and one turns on the other then obviously you've got a heel and a face when two heels are heels and one of them just attacks the other one Seth Rollins didn't do anything necessarily that was you know he didn't go I've had enough of this injustice and fight back he just got stitched up and in some ways you could have gone ha 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 serves you right mate and so that was probably the issue is it didn't have that hot turn but I thought that after after a while, they did a good job of, of getting to the point, and they had him cut some quite contrite promos where he, where he was, you know, if we if we want to live in a society where we give people second chances, and that was really one of those. Okay, you've messed us around once, mate, but we forgive you if you're going to be uh, if you're going to be good from now on, and he has been. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and like like you said, and I was about to say, is the key was the the fact that they had him acknowledge his mistakes as a heel acknowledge especially not um pairing with ambrose they acknowledged that he'd done wrong and he'd been led astray and he wanted to make up for it and it's worked and i, I think if they carry on down in this vein then he's going to be wearing the big belt again within 12 months no question uh let's finish this section on backlash by talking about the miz let's Let's do that. What 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 do you want me to talk oh, oh, about? Over to you. Oh, you talk about whatever you want as long as it's about the Miz. Okay. Well, I again, the Miz is a guy. I'm. I've got so much respect for the Miz. Um, he has had a. He has started to me, and again, let's spoil. Uh, let's peel back the curtain a second. We did talk about this before we went on air, but the Miz has started from the absolute bottom in his career no respect 
Um, no friends in the business to give him a leg up. No legacy outside of the WWE to work on. He started right from the very bottom and he succeeded. He got to that point where he was main eventing WrestleMania with The Rock and John Cena in the ring with him. Unbelievable. And he was there on merit. People really appreciate what he was doing then as a heel. I remember him getting molten heat when I went to see him in London at the O2 Arena. And then he went face and plummeted right back to the bottom and for me and a lot of other people it felt like game over but you know what he has come back it's taken him years but he has built himself diligently back up again to the point where he's as valuable as anybody on that roster you know he's such a pure heel that gets great reactions great heel reactions and thus makes the people who he's in the ring with bigger baby faces by comparison and there's not many that can do that and he is out, he's entertaining. He can build characters around him. Um, I think he, he definitely deserves another run further up the card. I think inserting him into a title program with, say, AJ Styles after he's done with Nakamura would not feel remotely forced. Indeed, are they doing it as a sort of delayed gratification for uh, the match with Daniel Bryan so that you've got the... Rather than Daniel Bryan coming back and just bashing Miz in straight away, you're having Daniel Bryan go through a few other things. You're having Miz go through a few other things, um, building him up. Because this is this is the biggest week of the Miz's career in terms of in-ring yep. action. You know, he's had two 20-minute crackers. You know, admittedly with two people that can go. You know, he wasn't wrestling Scrubs in there. He's wrestling Seth Rollins and no. Jeff Hardy. But um, he showed and he proved that he can live. You know. Jeff Hardy's not had 20-minute great matches with everybody. Jeff Hardy's not necessarily a ring general. You know, I think Seth Rollins can have great matches with almost anyone, but I don't think Jeff Hardy can. I think sometimes he needs a, you know, a partner, a dance partner. And I think that this has been a big week for the Miz, and they've deliberately, they've deliberately said, okay, let's show he can wrestle. Let's show the fans he can go. Let's show that he's a credible contender. And I have a feeling that they might just do that for a couple of months, and then we get the Daniel Bryan-Miz thing start for real. I'm even thinking SummerSlam. Mm, yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking that SummerSlam now looks as if it could be just about the right time. I still have a feeling that we'll find out that Miz and Big Cass are in league. Agreed. Um, maybe not. Maybe not, but I can still see that being you know, part of this. And then, you know, I want Bryan to chase Miz. I want him to not be able to quite get to him and you know, maybe Daniel Bryan beats the Miz, and then the Miz cashes in Money in the Bank at SummerSlam, and you have a little bit of Bryan chasing Miz. You know, I can see that. Hey, it's worked and before. So you do that kind of thing, and then one by the time that Daniel Bryan wins the title, it's the back end of 2018. AJ Styles wins the Royal Rumble. Do you know what I mean? There's 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 ways you can do it. There's ways you can do it. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think you're on. I think ultimately he's deserved to be in a spot that he's in and wherever they put him now I think it's it's going to be the he's, he's deserved it he, he, he's earned everything he's going to get he has and it's great to see that sort of story and listen I don't know the Miz I've interviewed him once um, he's not someone that I've uh, had masses to do with I'm actually not, not sure I've had all that many people talk to me about him either so I don't really know what he's like as an individual but he's clearly worked hard he's clearly worked hard to in his words um, you know his, his the kind of thing his character would say to stay relevant 
uh, and he's managed to do that after a couple of blips. Um, and right now he's as relevant as anyone. I think if you were doing a real, as you you talked about a form guide with with Seth Rollins, I think if you were talking about how valuable people are to the company right now, um, in terms of the, their performances, their position on the card, how much they can be relied on, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he's top five. He's, he's right the way up there with uh, the very best. Yep, I think you're right there, mate. Definitely. Excellent. Well, we've talked about whether or not um, what he'll do through next year. Paul thinks there might be a uh, another world title reign in, in the Miz. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, Daniel Bryan, when he beat him for the title at SummerSlam, all sorts of things that there are questions about. But before SummerSlam, there is Money in the Bank. We've talked a little bit about Money in the Bank, but we are going to be doing some of our patented hooked-on wrestling treatment for Money in the Bank this year. Paul, will you just uh, fill us in? It's not the... Uh, it's not the full whack. It's not your, you know, t- twenty-seven across the country treatment. <laughs> far from it. Far but, uh, from it. But we're doing a, a little bit of a toe in the water, as far as money. We in the are dipping goes. a very small toe in the water with one party, actually, um, and it's in London. It's going to be at Belushi's in London Bridge. Anybody who came to our Greatest Royal Rumble party or our um, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom party in January will be familiar with this venue. It's got great reviews from everybody who's been on, you know, as a as a good venue for a smaller scale do. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go for that. We're gonna have, uh, you know, it's gonna be a proper full on hooked on party with the whole quiz and everything else. Um, and it's going to be a different vibe because it is going to be smaller and let's see how it goes you know I've always been very sceptical about running these secondary pay-per-views because I don't know whether the audience is there um, to be quite honest we've got a smaller venue now so you know at least if we do only get 70 or 80 people it's not it's far from the end of the world um, but if it goes really well then we've got something to think about in future about future about uh, spreading this out around the country so if you want to see if you're in London and you want to see us doing uh, more events than the three we do during the year then now's the time to show us absolutely right it's um we are quite open with you on this show we like to be able to um, explain our thoughts behind certain things certainly we will mention it when it comes to uh, cities that we run things in and times that we do things by and we're always getting asked you know why don't you do a, um, a you know a, a 205 live party um, on Lizard Point in Cornwall well lots of reasons for that um, but um, we're always getting asked why this why this why not that quite frankly some of it's trial and error and whenever you do trial and error some of it's error so we don't always get it right but for the most part we have to try and work out what's best for us. Um, and the reason London gets everything, sorry folks, is London's big, <laughs> and it's got a huge, yep. it's got a huge, ca- it's got a huge catchment area. Um, uh, it's um, got a lot of people. It's got a lot of, ca- lot of um, people that we can attract in. It's got excellent transport links. Whatever Londoners might say um, about their uh, transport links, come and live outside London for five minutes, and you realise how sodding good TfL actually is. Um, and uh, I think that's just the main reason, really. So um, that's where we're just trialling things out. And uh, if things start to go well, then we, we know our other places in the country that have, um, that have looked after us. You know, we, we know our, um, our audiences where they've uh, really supported Hooked On for either a long period of time consistently or over a short period of time, but really strongly. Yep. I'm looking at you, Newcastle. Um, it's... Uh, you know, we're getting to know our audience day by day, and uh, we might have been in this for uh, you know five or six years now, but we're still learning, and we're still uh, 
finding things out. So, um, uh, what's the what's it going to involve, Paul? Is it is it the is it the full treatment? Is it a cut down? How is it working? No, it's going to be the full on um, party experience. You know, we're going to go for the. We might do something a bit differently. Try out a few new things. We might maybe downplay the costume contest in favour of something different. But everything you want with the theme tunes and the quiz that everybody loves is all going to be present and correct. Um, and then obviously the pay per view coming on at midnight. Uh, is it is it midnight? Is it, is it uh, it's not, not been confirmed, but I think I think it's going to be a four hour. Okay, cool. We'll see how we uh, we'll see how we go with that one. Um, uh, where can people get tickets and find out more? As info? per, uh, if you want more info, you go to facebook.com forward slash hooked on. Uh, sorry, forward slash ho wrestling. And if you want to get tickets, it's either hookedonevents.co.uk or ringsideworld.co.uk. Uh, I'll give you a question that Paul won't put in the quiz. Um, but I've just come up with go on um, what percentage of Big E's real name is the letter E <laughs> uh, 20% 40 oh, hang on what his, ne- his name is Ettore Ewan I've never knew what his real name is how before. can, it, how can the, it be 40% because uh, he's got 10 letters in his name and the four of them are E's, so it's four. Oh percent. right, yeah, okay, fair enough. What did you think I just, I, I, I was just thinking there could only be one E in there, so yeah, don't worry. That would be, that would be twenty-five anyway, wouldn't it? If it was uh, the E out of Big E, but um, yes, anyway, a Tory Ewan is what he's called. So four of his ten letters of his name are E's. That's how big an E that man is. That's a question that you won't be hearing <laughs> in the uh, famous Hutton Wrestling <laughs> Quiz, um, Money in the Bank, but you will have. 40 or so others to to contend with on the night that uh, yes you will we will de- we will deviously um, uh, come up with um, any suggestions for things folks by the way um, we are happy to listen to your suggestions as far as the quiz goes um, what do you like what do you not like what's the most fun to do Where, what do you find challenging but still enjoyable um, who would you like us to feature because we always have a different featured wrestler each time you know who would you like us to f- do as the feature happy to listen to any, any suggestions not saying we're necessarily going to uh, adhere to all of them but uh I often find that we have fabulous levels of feedback on our parties in general, but they are often, we love it. And that's sort of about it. We don't tend to get a lot of, we love it because, or indeed, we didn't like this because. More often when people criticise, you get to know some of the things that they are actually criticised. I didn't enjoy it because this happened and this happened and yeah. this happened and I didn't enjoy this. But when people love it, they tend to go, yeah, we loved it, it was great fun. Well, actually, we'd love to know that if you thought it was maybe sort of an 8 or a 9 out of 10 night, we'd love to know what the difference is. So if you really enjoy our stuff and you keep on coming back, brilliant, and we love you for that. But don't be afraid to drop us an email and go, guys, we love Hooked on Wrestling, we come to all your shows, but I tell you what, the sound is always too loud, or the quiz is always too difficult, or the quiz is always too easy, or I wish you'd play this theme tune, or I wish you'd start earlier, or I wish you would, you know, all sorts of things however small, however big, please ask us, please tell us. We might be able to tell you why we're not doing it, whether it's because we don't think it's right, whether because we're not allowed to. That happens sometimes. Why don't you show the whole pre-show? Well, in the past, it's been because we weren't allowed. Mm -hmm. Now, rules have changed a little bit. We can show a bit more, but sometimes we don't want to just show the whole pre-show because actually, especially when it comes to WrestleMania, it's seven hours of wrestling. And we think we can offer you a little bit more in the couple of hours beforehand than the pre-show can. So there's all sorts of reasons why, but we'd love to hear from you in terms of what your, uh, you know, let's call it your petty likes and dislikes list. 
you know, if you've got anything you want to share with us, please tell us, and don't feel embarrassed and you know think that we'll think bad of you for for moaning because we won't because we've uh, we've asked for the feedback. There you go. And anyway, me and you, mate, how could we ever criticise anybody for moaning? <laughs> That's true. Oh, but oh, mate, people do though, don't do they not? Do of course, I mean? absolutely. I've always I've always said that there's um I may have said this on the podcast before, but it's worth repeating. There was a day um, in 2004 where, where my football team, Plymouth Argyle, won a game that got us... In fact, I have told this on the podcast before because Ash Rose was on and it was against Queen's Park Rangers, which is his team. Um, but uh, we won to go to get promoted and win the title on the same glorious sunny April day. And as someone has always said that someone on the message board that day started a thread complaining that the pasties weren't hot enough. <laughs> so it's like... If you're gonna get, and maybe they weren't, and maybe that person had a had a valid point, but was that the day to bring it up? Um, I don't think it was. So I think some some people will always find something, but uh, the point is, is that a good company will always find a way of solving that. So uh, even though that person brought up the fact the passes were uh, um, were not hot enough, I hope that someone read it and took it on board and tried to make them hotter. So um, we will always try and do that. Um, we have another venture coming up. We touched on it at the start of uh, the podcast. It's the Ain't He Great Tour. Jeff, Je- you sighed then, did I say it wrong? No, I didn't say a word. Oh, okay, nope. I thought there was a little sigh, because every time I say it, I keep going, is it the Ain't I Great or the Ain't it's He Great Tour? It's the Ain't He Great Tour, tour and you got it bang on. It's the Ain't, it's the ain't He Great Tour, because we're uh, celebrating the life and times of Double J, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, Double T, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, coming here uh, to the UK in July. Paul's going to give us some dates, some places and some... I'm going to try. Okay, 23rd of July, guys. We're in uh, London, opening up at the Sports Bar and Grill in Canary Wharf. Then we shoot on up to Edinburgh, where we're going to be in the conference room at the Hilton Hotel Carlton uh, on the 24th of July. Then we weave our way back down south of Edinburgh, but still the north uh, in terms of the English portion of the tour, 25th. Uh, we are in Sheffield at the Sheffield Library Theatre and on the 26th we round out the tour in Wales uh, first time we've brought one of these spoken word tours to Cardiff and we're going to be in the Beer Keller on the Thursday the 26th Excellent, so it's a good uh, good broad variety of places across the UK again, there's always going to be you know, how come you're not here, how come you're not there for the dates that we had and for the places that we needed to go to, they were our best things on offer. Um, if you are, let's say, in Birmingham and we're not coming to you this time, I don't think it's all that far to get to Sheffield or to get to Cardiff. So we've tried to make it that most places in the UK you can get to in a in a couple of hours. I do know that my uh, my sorely deprived area down here in the southwest oh, yes. um, often doesn't get anything but there's not all that many people down here in the southwest that's one of the issues why I think Bristol could sometimes stand to get a bit more uh, a bit more love um, but uh, even if you're down my way down in Plymouth or Exeter you can still get to Cardiff in a couple of hours um, you know go away make a night of it um, anywhere in the uh, on the sort of south coast in the middle you can get up to London you can get across to Cardiff you're in the middle of the country you can go across to Sheffield I think there are places that you can get to so and we're happy to be in Scotland as well obviously Scotland is another place that uh, uh, sadly doesn't get the love very often especially considering that the uh, wrestling fans up there are absolutely tremendous I know that every time I've uh, done something with um, PSI events in Glasgow it's been an absolute joy um, I've never worked in Edinburgh it's going to actually be a brand new uh, brand new experience going to across to Edinburgh, but so that should be fun as well. Um, and we do make an apology to uh, to Northern Ireland. Uh, the fact that there's no 
uh, Belfast date we did uh, that was if we'd have had a fifth day it would have been in Belfast we were trying to get over there and it just uh, didn't happen for us uh, on this occasion um, but Paul it should be really fun you've known Jeff uh, well wow how long 10 12 years um, coming up 10 years I'd say yeah on and off so yeah he's, he's really keen he can't wait to get over he's going to be doing a lot of press so you're going to see his name a lot in the next few months he has got some cracking stories that he wants to get off his chest I've heard a couple of them already um, <laughs> and I won't repeat them but needless to say it's going to be there's a lot of stuff that we're going to discuss that you will have heard all about from various different perspectives some of which were there some of which claimed to be there some of which were nowhere near um, you know we're talking about some of the big moments in his career such as the day he left WWF and dropped the title to China and supposedly or otherwise held up the WF for a bit of cash we're going to be talking about the day that he laid down for Hulk Hogan um, and working with Vince Russo and David Arquette and working through that tumultuous period um, we're going to talk about the creation of TNA we're going to talk about the Jeff Jarrett character we're going to talk about his working with the roadie we're going to talk about how it came to the with my baby tonight um, story came about what it was like recording it and then subsequently you know what happened to, to put an end to it we're also probably, probably going to be touching on his relationship with Owen Hart which he's really never commented on publicly should be very poignant um, I'm really looking forward to that actually it should be a really nice celebration of a, of a great guy um, it's going to be brilliant you know, it's going to be so much fun and obviously there's so many different ways you can experience the tour if you want to just come along and hear the stories you can do that all the way up to we've got a couple of tickets left in uh, a couple of cities for going out for a pre-show dinner with Jeff just you a friend and Jeff spilling you know he'll you know ask him whatever you want talk to him one-on-one -on -one. Um, you get your own private audience with Jeff Jarrett and a bit of grub to go with it that's your chance to be the chosen one folks that's what it's all about absolutely and as Paul says um if you just want to come along to the show and just enjoy that, that's um, what a lot of people do. Um, there will be the chance for interactivity in that. Um, we actually haven't really planned out the uh, the show itself in terms of its structure, but I, I foresee it being um, similar to how we did how we did Bruce Pritchard, which is to say that uh, there will be a sort of a show portion of the evening. Um, so uh, some some questions and some bits going on with uh, with Jeff on the stage and some stories that uh, that we've got in our locker. Um, and then we'll hand over to a, for a substantial Q&A. It certainly wouldn't be a, a just a throwaway encore five minutes at the end. There will be uh, plenty of time for people to get their questions in. And the best way of uh, trying to ensure that you're going to get a question in, if you're going to be one-to-one uh, uh, -one and personal, is to obviously go on the, the chosen one uh, package. But also, Paul, the other VIP ones where you can get things signed. And I guess if you're, uh, if you're quick as you like, you can get a question in that way by... Uh, by shaking the man's hand and getting something signed. So uh, how how can people go about yeah, that? Yeah, well, indeed, there's, there's VIPs, which you'll get, you know, you get to meet Jeff, have your photo taken with him, get you some signatures. But if you want a bit more time, you can get the platinum package, which means you'll get, you know, a bit more time. It's, we're not really labelling it a Q&A, because it's more a little bit of a private audience. You'll get your, you get everything you want signed, but you'll also get four or five minutes to just sit and chew the fat with Jeff, ask him a couple of questions, um... It should be a real good experience. We're not, you know, the platinum ticket is certainly not going to be rushed through. You're going to get plenty of time to, to hopefully make an impress, like get the guy to leave an impression on you, and it should be a great night. I'll say this about Double J, about the real man. So I shouldn't, not, not about Double J, about the real man, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff is a people. Oh person. yes. 
Jeff, Jeff comes alive around people. I've been with Jeff in a small room with two or three people around, and he's relatively quiet. The ads start adding people to the room, start adding some people, uh, things going on. I wouldn't say he's a show-off, but he's a performer. And, it's, and things start to come out of him, and he's, he's, he's a mickey taker, he's a joke teller, he's a prankster. He's, he's got a glint in his eye. And so if we have a room of people from five or six up to 20 or 30 uh, of these VIP things, Jeff will he will play the room and he will talk to you and he will make fun of you and he will uh, it will have a blast and that will be a, a really great experience for you it's not just a chance to you know to look at someone on a stage that you've looked at on the TV but to also as Paul says shake the hand get something signed and interact because um, again I always say this about people that we have on as guests on the show if you go back all, over all of the um, the episodes of uh, oh and he said the one sided ring oof, betraying oof. an old uh, betraying an old life there um, <laughs> what, what we called the show if you go back and listen to all of the old uh, um, episodes of the podcast you will um, you'll find a lot of the time it's our mates that are on <laughs> now there are mates that have made it somewhere we're not just going to get you know someone off the street to talk wrestling but it is um, generally speaking the reason we've got people on is because they're friends of ours and that includes um, you know wrestlers or wrestling personalities so when we've had you know people such as uh, as Doug Williams or Dave Mastiff or um, SoCal Val or Jim Ross or whoever it is that we've had on um, they have tended to be people that we know personally and want to uh, to pick their brains and, and get some interesting stuff what we don't do is just partake in the, the thing that anyone can do which is just be part of the general media junket and just get you know five minutes with someone and knock out an interview and that's it because that's impersonal and it doesn't show any sort of um, uh, real incisiveness does it it's um, nope. It's just uh, it's just doing what you do. So we're obviously trying to do things our way, and that's what we mean to do with these Q and As and live shows as well. Um, you know, there was a reason we picked Bruce Pritchard because it was the uh, the up and coming uh, podcast in the world. Man alive, did we get that one right? Uh, yep. I think it might cost us a little bit more money to have got Bruce if we were doing him now. Yes. Um, how, how, but congratulations to those guys and everything they've achieved. Um, but it does feel like the right time to get Jeff post the Hall of Fame. Uh, and it's a great story to be told because of that uh, and also because as we said before it's someone that we know and we know will do great justice uh, to those shows I have seen plenty of other uh, editions of those sorts of shows that various different companies have run and sometimes you can have a really really cool superstar that was great to watch on TV and stick him in front of an audience talking and you realise why he didn't do promos very often hmm. um, some people are an absolute joy some people sort of lose their luster a little bit Jeff will not Jeff will if anything if you get you might get dragged along as a non-Jeff Jarrett fan by a pal who is a fan and by the end of the night you might not leave strutting and hitting people with guitars but you'll certainly leave with a, uh, a much bigger respect for the man that is Jeff Jarrett because I know that uh, I have every time I've uh, left his company um, so yes yeah, very quickly Paul uh, one more time where can people get info and tickets info again at facebook.com forward slash HO wrestling tickets at ringsideworld.co.uk and hookedonevents.co.uk fabulous stuff right let's do some let's do some questions we're going to try and make this a bit more of a, uh, a feature of the podcast so we're going to go on to uh, our Facebook page um, ahead of time so Paul went up a few hours ago and said we're recording tonight any questions for us so it's going quite uh quite an open canvas last time we did some stuff about the uh, the greatest things in wrestling we made it a bit more specific uh, I actually haven't seen your question or 
Indeed, the questions have been posed so far, Paul, but I believe you, you did it as a kind of wide open, what would you like it, to we, it was a Reddit-style, ask us anything. So we've got a few questions here. What I want to do, I don't want to dwell on these answers too much because I want to get through them all. We haven't got much recording time left, but I want to... <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. You know as well as I do, we can record for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Not tonight, and hours we can't. Yes, we can. We can go as long as we want. What are you talking about recording time? I'm, I'm, I'm the studio bills are due, Rob. We don't get unlimited time anymore. Yeah. We're being, we're, we're or, being kicked out. Or, or in real life, it's quarter to eleven at night. What time's your flight? Five a.m. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> right. So, guys, we asked you to ask us anything. So, uh, here we go. So, first of all, David Carter, one of our sheep contestants, Rob, he asks, "Have we got any issues with the WWE Network, and what would we change about it?" Uh, issues in terms of content I assume you mean because um, I know some people I often read during pay-per-views and they go oh the bloody network's not working I think well I have almost no issues with it. I network. think he it's, means uh, content yeah I think he probably means content um uh, no I'm, I'm I'm very very put it this way I'm very very happy with my outlay um, I've had the network from I was going to say from before it became available that sounds a bit suspect <laughs> but um Certainly, since uh, it was available to me, I've had it. I've happily paid my uh, my money each month. Um, I've never won. I, I put it this way: in the last six months to a year, I've either bought, or I've either rescinded or stopped paying um, Amazon Prime, and I've stopped doing Netflix, and I've stopped doing various other things. It's never crossed my mind um, to get rid of the network. Um, I particularly love all the old content. That's my main love: is that we could be talking tonight about. You know, SummerSlam 1995 for some reason, and if I want to, as soon as we finish this conversation, you know, in around two and a half hours or so, um, I can just pick <laughs> up my uh, iPad wherever I am and I can watch SummerSlam 95. Um, I don't know why I picked that one in particular. That's not a particularly great show, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's the uh, the nature of just being able to watch wherever you want at any point. I have to say, I don't watch a great deal of the sort of extra programs. I'm not big on, you know, for example. You know, ride along or story time or um, any of those kind of things. But partly because I don't really have a great deal of time to fit everything in. It's more, um, I every now and again I get a whim for the old stuff and uh, and I love the nostalgia. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And obviously you've got the fact that the factor in that you know previously if there were 12 pay-per-views a year and most of them were on Sky Box Office, you know you were shelling out you know 12.99, 30, 30.99, whatever it was a time. You know, so 12 times 12. You were talking. 150, 160, 170 quid a year just for your pay-per-views and you're not paying that for the network mm. so there's also the financial side absolutely, of no, I, I agree I think uh, the network as it is stands right now is absolutely fantastic so certainly no issues with it as such if I was, if I could wave a magic wand it might be nice to get a few more sort of independent wrestling promotions on there from around the world so I could sample a bit of that I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon Um other than that absolutely not you know I think it's fun to, it, it would also probably be great to get Monday Night Raw on and Smackdown on as they go live but that's never going to happen for TV rights issues but no great it's a great product and I'm very happy with it like you Rob I subscribed from literally day one when it was released in the States before it could come out and I used a VPN blocker to get it from the States paying my $9.99 a month um, at yeah, first like, and there's not like. been a single day in the last four and a bit years that I haven't had access to the network and I don't regret it at all Me so um, moving on uh, thanks for the thanks for that, David 
Um, d -d 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 just looking for some other questions. The next two are just gobbledygook. So, Leanne, Leanne Culverhouse. <laughs> That's nice. That's well, nice I'm not going to name any names, but they don't actually mean anything. So, I'm not going to waste any time with them. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I was incredibly rude to a uh, to a, 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 a correspondent last week, and you chastised me for how well, rude you I was to them. And you're now saying, but yeah, but you're saying that people Look, are writing. I'm not you. naming names. I'm not going to say James Howe and John Kirby's questions are a nonsense. <laughs> but I'm sorry. We're just going to move on to Leanne. Um, and by, for for for, for reference, John, for after. reference, John, do we want to come to Spandex Ballet? Um, no, that sounds not quite up our street. And James Howe, for the events, could we do more New Japan pay-per-views? That's probably a more a customer service question than anything else. Um, and I'll say stay tuned. Moving on, Leanne. Leanne Culverhouse, one of our avid listeners, um, says, which female wrestler from the past would have benefited most from the women's revolution? That's a really Isn't good it? question. Uh... My my instinct is to say what I often say when it comes to female wrestling, which is um, which is Gail Kim. Yeah. Uh, Shout. The, the fact that she's been on she's been on the show. Um, I don't hide the fact that uh, uh, I get on well with Gail. I've always thought she was a, an excellent talent. Um, years ago when she was in WWE, whenever I was asked who I think is the most underrated talent in the company, I would generally say her. She is a is and has been one of the absolute best women's wrestlers. Um, there is an argument always to say that certain other people have got um, a character edge, a charisma edge, but um, on a show where we've been talking about someone like a Seth Rollins, you know, who, who has got charisma and can talk on the mic, you know, Gail would almost be like a, a female version of Seth. It's the work that put, that puts her over, and people would love to watch her work. Um, talking in the same breath, because there were some really talented uh, people around that same time in uh, in TNA. Um, awesome Kong, um, you know, um, Karma. Obviously, as she mm -hmm. was in, in WWE. I'd have liked to have seen Karma in the Nia Jax role. That is to see the. That is to say, before Nia Jax turned babyface, but that when they wanted a big killer heel, um, I'd have liked to it to have been Kong. Uh, you know, if she was still in that place where she was around. Um, I listen to loads of them because they, any any female wrestler that has really gone to town on being a Wrestler, you could argue that one of the people that's most responsible for it now, in terms of bringing them on, would have been someone that would have benefited the most prior to that, which is Sarah yep. Del Rey. Good shout. Um, who ne who never ever got a chance in in WWE at all, um, but is now uh, is now a trainer. Um, Sarah Stock is another one that jumps to my mind, who was Sarita um, in TNA, who was a tremendous wrestler and a huge star in Mexico and. Um, you know, a very, very good wrestler. You know, would have been a really good addition to the to the, the roster, and not necessarily as you know the top of the shop Asuka Charlotte necessarily. But I think if if the if the women's roster is missing anything, it's missing a few more natties. You know, just two or three that could, when you need to, work a top program, but just as often be there as a wrestler. You know, that can be the really hold up their end of a match. It doesn't matter if they lose but they can do the wrestling side of things and I, and I think there's, uh, there's there's plenty of them that have been around in the past and without getting into obviously obviously you're going to talk about your 
your Trishes and your Lita's and the ones that are around in that era. But I, I think the question that Leanne's posing is more people that have never really had a chance as opposed to have shone in another era. Well, I, I, I agree. It's probably best to avoid the top, top stars because I think they did well enough anyway. Um, yeah. I suppose the name that springs to my mind would be Jazz. I, yeah, I think Jazz one. was ahead of her time. She was, I think she was a, a powerful, intimidating female heel that was in an era that didn't really call for that um, because she was never going to be, you know, doing the bra and panty matches and whatever else they did back then. I think she'd be a great addition to the Ross now. I think, you know, imagine Jazz in her prime against Asuka or Charlotte Flair or Ronda Rousey. Uh, I think there'd be some fantastic um, work to be done there. So, yeah, she'd be my pick. I'll give you a name that you probably haven't thought about for a very long time. Someone I don't think we'd have ever mentioned on the podcast before. Some what, some that people may not even know, because if they weren't TNA fans in a certain era, it may be a name unfamiliar to them. If you've not heard of this person, go up, go and look up the name Roxy Laveau. Oh, yes. Um, I really enjoyed Roxy's work when she was in TNA. I thought she was a, a really good wrestler. A great character when they did the whole head-shaving angle. Um... I really like Roxy. I think she would have been someone that uh, they could have made into something in uh, in this era had she come along 10 years ago. Fair later. enough. Right, moving on. Um, Matt Barber. Uh, another strong regular Matt. Good to see you at the Greatest Royal Rumble the other week. He's a big... I think Matt's been with us since day one of our Hooked on Parties and hasn't really missed much since. So, um, Matt asks what we think would be an entrance theme that would have been better suited for a different wrestler. I assume... That may that maybe thought process was was maybe inspired by the fact that um, Glorious was meant for Nakamura originally. Any thoughts? Yeah, there's there's another one, isn't there? That um, wasn't. Uh, I want to say, was it what what became CM Punk's theme was was designed for Christian? Uh, was it designed for Randy Orton? Was it Randy think Orton? It, I think it was Randy like Orton. That. Yeah. I might be. I think I'm getting confused between them. Um, what was the name? What was the name of the group? Oh God! Now you're asking. Because it was it was Christian's finishing move, wasn't it? Switchblade oh, engage. Kill, Kill switch, switch engage. engage. There we go. Yeah, you got. I got there. Yeah. <laughs> all of the right, all of the right letters, but not in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. He called it the Kill Switch, didn't he? The, the song was That's by Kill Switch Engage, which I think. Yes, I think that may well have been for supposed to be for Orton and it ended up with Punk or, or something like that um, oh it's really difficult off the top of your head to think of one isn't it because they pretty much are designed for the character I suppose the only thing you could go into would be the ones that are actual songs wouldn't you that rather than being a theme tune like for example you know Nakamura's wouldn't work for anyone else would it no. that is no it just it just wouldn't it, it, that's, that's part of what he is um uh it's hard. It's a really hard question. I might have to, it's a really hard question. I might have to come back I'm. To it. I'm. Just, I, I tell you what. Actually, I'll give. I'll, I'll go to one that you've already said earlier on in on. the show. Um, if Big E had a solo push and had different music to the New Day music, you could give him AJ Styles. I knew, I was gonna. I was about to mention AJ Styles. So yeah, good shout. Very good shout. I think that'd be pretty cool. My, the one I would think would be. Um, and I can't really think of an alternative for it, but obviously a, a, another a piece of music that works really well is Real American. And it would have been, I'm not necessarily advocating this, but it would have been a fantastic troll job if they'd have given that to Lex Luger in 1993. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that have been funny? I thought you were going to say that when they, they should have given it to Kevin Owens last year. <laughs> even better, his, uh, even better. US title, right? Um, um, well, yeah, I can't. It's very, it's a good question. If I'm, if I think of one between now and next week, then I'll chuck uh, it on. I'll bring it up. Okay. Well, Francis Reyes has asked us three questions. I'm gonna. I'm just going to ask two of them, Francis. One, because we don't want you to dominate too much because we've got others to get through. And two, because I like the, the one of them, if I ask it, Rob, he'd probably be, ask, probably be kicking him off this recording when I have to go and get my car in the morning. Um, so first one he says is, what do you think it will take for Roman Reigns to be the guy? Let's have a, let, give us a quite succinct answer on this one, Rob, because again, it's, we could base a whole podcast on this. Just say the question all what the time. What do we think it would take for Roman Reigns to be the guy? I would argue he already is the guy, but just in the wrong way. Well, I mean, he means the guy in terms of the, the crowd accepting him, I assume that he means. Um, right right now, nothing. It's impossible. Um, I think you've got more chance. Um, but um, I, I think it's... Well, the simple answer is make him... A character that reflects who he is more. Um, he comes across as being sullen and a little bit surly and cocky. Make him that. Make him a heel. Make him. L- listen, the best work that Batista ever did was the last stuff that Batista did in in terms of as a full time guy. Remember his work going up to WrestleMania 26. Oh, incredible stuff. With with with, with Cena, and then when he was sat in the wheelchair afterwards. Amazing. That wonderful. That's the best Batista's ever done. And I felt like that. Some of that was real. I felt like some of it was him thinking, blind, I'm a big guy and I'm a big baby face and people should cheer me and they're not. And I'd probably have... Re- the best thing we've seen Reigns do by long, a long way was what he did a couple of weeks ago, about four or five weeks before WrestleMania, about Lesnar. Yes, yeah, yeah. When Easy. he did that kind of, he's never here, blah, blah, blah. And it worked. And for one week only, people bought him and I was like, oh, they've done it, they've turned it. And then it soon went back the other way. Um... But I think that kind of—I'd like to see that sort of reigns, but ranting about AJ Styles and about Daniel Bryan. He'll—he'll reigns against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I think wrestling a straight-up proper match that probably reigns wins, and then six months later Bryan gets his win back. That would be the the thing to do. He is not going to be the guy as a babyface until they've turned him heel. That's it, absolutely completely agree he has if they carry on down the babyface path it will never ever happen and it's not like when John Cena used to get the mixed reaction because John Cena genuinely did get a mixed reaction it was young kids and women cheering for him and the sort of older guys booing him it was very clear cut but he got a great reaction from certain elements of the audience Reigns doesn't he gets either universally booed uh, in a bad way not in a we're enjoying booing this guy where we're like we are it's more like a groan than a boo um or apathy um and john cena never experienced that this the, there's no comparison between the two reactions in my mind even though wwe would have you think that and you're right the only way they could possibly change path is if he turned heel and he made a success of it i'm not saying he would he might turn heel and it might cock it up completely but he needs to turn heel and earn the respect of the audience organically as a heel and then become a beloved baby face like so many have before him there's no other way 
I'm going to make one final football analogy for this show that if you have a particular player that's a really good player for your club um, and you want to make him the next best Manchester United forward but he's a central defender you need to play him at central defence and I think that's the thing for for Reigns is that Vince is trying to make you know, a central defender into a winger or into a centre forward, and so you can't necessarily do it. You can, they can get better at it, but they're never going to be right until you play them in their natural position, and then you can go from there. And uh, I think that's the issue. So, more basically, put him in somewhere that's more natural. Yep. Um, quite a cool one from Francis to round him off. Um, what's the best wrestling item you either own or wish you owned? I like this question. Well, it, well wish you owned could be. You could go anywhere, couldn't you? I'd like the, I'd like the original winged eagle title belt. <laughs> um, but I don't think it works that way. Um, we should save this question for the next time we get Richard oh, Pemberton on. God, the, uh, yeah. The king of the Hulkamaniacs. If uh, you want to go back to an old uh, episode and find when well, Richard's obviously on, his his name sprung to mind straight away. Uh, I would say the best thing that I, I don't, I'm not I'm not a big one for this. I'm not big on autographs and pictures and memorabilia and that kind of thing. I'll probably go with my shirt from uh, the first ever WWE show I went to as a member of the press, uh, which happens to have been on Paul Benson's birthday, even though I didn't know Paul Benson <laughs> then. Um, but, I, but I know it was on St. George's Day, uh, and it was signed by Mick Foley, and I made a little quip to Mick, um, the stupid mark that I am, uh, about the The shirt had lots of pictures of people that were on that tour, and one of them was Melina, and I'd been reading Mick's book where he was talking about Melina that day, and I said something along the lines of, you know, this shirt, obviously this shirt's called Mick because Melina's on it, or some rubbish. And he decided that that comment um, necessitated some more than just a signing. Um, so he drew a speech bubble coming out of Melina's mouth, uh, and in, in, the, in the speech bubble it said, I sure do like Mick Foley. <laughs> or, or, or something Nice. Like and it's also signed by uh, the Hardys who were on that same signing session. So I'd go with that, even though people that see it say, Rob, how come you've drawn a little speech bubble on this? And I have to explain that Mick did it and they go, course, of course. Well, mine's a little bit more grounded. Um, I think I'm not a massive collector either, to be honest, but I do like some good stuff. And what I'm half arsely trying to do, I would like to have a collection of uh, programs from every WrestleMania. That would be cool. I've got a okay. couple, and when I get my arse in gear and I've got some cash to throw around, I'm going to start collecting, and I'd like to build up a collection so I've got them all. Have you got a WrestleMania 25? No, I have not. Okay, well, you can have mine. Hey! <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not really interested in that kind of thing, so you can, if I can, it may, if I can find it, I'm not, not certain I know where it is. Fair but, enough. So if, I, if, if I find my 25 one, you can have it. Um, I'll give one small addendum to this as, as an answer. Um, I was reminded of this today because uh, our friend Dean Ayas um, is hosting uh, an evening with Bret Hart coming up soon um, for Kayfabe events and he was talking about having uh, re-reading Bret's autobiography and he put a picture on Twitter and it always makes me smile that when you see Bret's autobiography in its uh, British form um, it's got two quotes on the front of the, uh, the, the paperback and one is from The Rock and the other one is from me. <laughs> that um, is brilliant. I have to admit, that is so cool. So it's not it's not necessarily uh, a piece of memorabilia or a wrestling item, or all that kind of thing. But 
Um, my quote is on the front. Rob, the if it, if that were me, I would be carrying that book around with me full time basis. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say. My, it doesn't say. Doesn't my matter. Name. It says it says the sun, but it was my quote <laughs> at the time. And by the way, I think to top it all off, um, uh, I am not a, the kind of person that's been asked for autographs all that many times in my life. Um, I think certainly uh, I can count them on probably on one hand. But one of the people that has asked me to sign something once um, was that Francis once asked me to sign his book <laughs> for him. <laughs> Brilliant. I can remember I can remember signing that book. So not many people have asked me for a signature over the years, but uh, one of them was uh, was Francis. My son. Francis, book. you're to blame. Um, cool. Okay. Thank you, Francis. Quick and easy one from Daniel Gray. Hey, Daniel. I don't think we've seen your name pop up before. Apologies, we have. Daniel asks when we will have a full-time champion by which I mean I assume you mean sorry that when do we see Brock Lesnar losing the belt uh, I think it's coming mm. I think it's probably Braun Strowman now it feels that way doesn't it well I mean it could be a money in the bank they could do it a money in the bank that could be their a cheap way of getting rid of Brock if they wanted to get rid of him short term but think that maybe they might think that Brock wants to go and do MMA again, but we'll do it for two years and we'll retire again and we'll want another WWE payday, by which time people have been absent with him for a couple of years and we'll be more happy to see him come back. So you could, you could, you know, money in the bank, the title off of him, have him and Heyman get a strop and quit, and then come back that way. So it could be whoever the next money in the bank champ is, but I'll say... Um, I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, Strowman. I would agree with that. I'd go Braun Strowman too. I'm not really sure when. I've predicted he'd lose it for the last two pay-per-views, and I've been wrong. So I'm not going to know pick, but I cer- certainly before SummerSlam, I think it'll be Braun Strowman's time. Um, yeah. Cool. Right. Um, Graham Lodge. I'm, I'm not going to ask this question because we have actually covered it at least twice at length, but I'll mention, I'll read it out anyway. Um, and if anyone wants the answer please go back and listen to the shows in the archive but Graham asks us um, whether we think Wrestlemania is too long I'll speak for us both and say yes we do Um, will it ever go back to a reasonable length no it won't or get split over two nights we very much hope so and again go back and listen to our Wrestlemania preview episode this year to get the answer to that Graham so cheers for the question afraid we can't we're not going to cover it again because people will um, be slapping our wrists for going over old ground um, Tasha Gregory this is a really interesting question Tasha Gregory says do you think China will go to the Hall of Fame and if she was present in this era would she have any involvement in the performance centre uh, is WrestleMania too long you ask oh um, <laughs> no <laughs> uh, ok yeah sorry yeah Tasha um, uh, yes she will go into the Hall of Fame um, they all do in the end uh, the Hall of Fame includes uh, Sable, who sued them. Uh, includes Bruno Sammartino, but that was never going to have anything to do with him ever again. Uh, includes the Ultimate Warrior, that no one was going to speak to ever again. Includes Randy Savage, which had some unknown caveat on him. Uh, everyone goes in. Uh, they have mentioned China more over the last year or two, I think. Haven't yes, they, they have. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think China goes in within the next couple of years probably um, I don't think there are all that many outstanding female candidates right now um, there might be a couple more over the next few years when some people start to retire but I can't think of too many um, that jump into my mind so I think that she's uh, 
you know, I'm not saying that there has to be a female going every year, but we all can see WWE sort of quotas. So, um, you know, some, there might be someone from an outside WWE, someone from another com- uh, company, someone of, uh, of a celebrity, someone of, of, of a woman. There's, there's, there's always a, a sort of some different categories that they fill. I think, I think yes, undoubtedly. Um, I'll let you answer that before we go to the next. Bit. Um... Broadly, yes. I think that she, you know she, her subsequent career after wrestling um, will always be a black mark against her, um, especially in this PG white than white era with WWE. I think that's going to make it be quite hard to overlook. But time, time washes over a lot of things, and also she, you know, unfortunately has passed away. Um, so I, I suspect yes, we'll see her in probably sooner rather than later too but not surprised it hasn't come sooner if she was around in this era it's, it's an incredibly nebulous question to answer because if she was around in what state you know if she had totally cleared herself up um had never gone into porn um and was a, you know a a changed character then yes of course because she's had a you know, she's had a good career and she would have something to offer. There's an awful lot of people in the um, performance centre that haven't necessarily torn the house down as WWE superstars, but that doesn't mean they can't be good trainers for one reason or another. Um, you've also got people that are working in the performance centre that there's hardly anything made of it. You know, I heard someone refer the other day to going to Shawn Michaels' class. Mm, yeah. And it's like, so is Shawn working there full time? You know, I know he. Has he is, yeah. No, he is. There, he is. That suggests he's. But how quiet have they kept that? You think they'd be trumpeting that all the time, wouldn't you? And it's like, you know, so Sean really quite under the radar. Um, now people are going. We all knew that, Rob. You're an idiot. But I'm not. I'm not saying it's whether it's knowledge between wrestling fans, but I'm saying that it's not shouted mm. about, is it? That uh, that Sean is down there. Um, but I'm, I'm. You know, there's too many hypotheticals. You know, did, did she have good terms with Triple H? Good terms with Steph? You know, was she clean? Um, you know, is she is she healthy? Is she in a good place? All those different things, um, you know, add up to suggest that the chances are that no, she probably wouldn't have. Um, but had she got herself clean, you know, ten years ago and lived a respectable life as an actress, and then decided she wanted to give back to the wrestling industry, then maybe they could have found something for her. Um, but it's easier to say no because of the uh, the myriad things that uh, that she had problems with. But um, Certainly to the, the to the first part, I think she's she's a deserving Hall of Famer, and, and I think that will happen. I'm I'm going to say um, I'm going to answer it a bit more simply. No, and I think that because I don't think she'd have that much to offer. She was a great presence and a groundbreaking superstar, but you know you, the the quality that China had you can't teach, and uh, in terms of fundamentals and promos and everything, she was nowhere close to being were uh, to being the, the sort of person who you'd want to pass that knowledge on so no uh, you know regardless of what she's done as extracurricular activities and the relationship she's had and the success she had i don't think she'd been a candidate to be a trainer um she'd be a long way back in the queue so no no i don't think she'd be anywhere near it i i, I fundamentally disagree with your notion that, that what she had you can't teach um i think what she okay some of the qualities that she had almost you have to have them but in terms of physique in terms of presence in terms of um just you know, the sheer phys- physical you know presence that she had but you absolutely can teach um how to be in the right position around the ring how to be 
a bodyguard, how to be a second, how to be a, a valet, how to be a um, an advocate, how to be whatever you call the, the you know the second to the wrestler, without taking over, um, without you know being the dominant force yourself, but without being too much of a shrinking violet. Um, it's worth remembering that China. I mean, when we talk about China, what what era China are we talking about? Because you know some people will think of the you know China as just being a straight up wrestler with the boys, like when she was wrestling. You know Jericho. Others will think about when she was in the team with Eddie. Others will think about when she first debuted. I think China's most effective era was the start of DX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, pe- people, you say DX to people, and they say, you know, Triple H, X Park and the Outlaws, and sometimes Shawn Michaels. Well, to me, DX, the original DX, was four people. It was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, and Rick Rude. And even when Rick went. It was still Triple H, Sean and China. She was an in, she was integral, absolutely integral for the the first couple of years of, of DX, and she played the role well in terms of being the tough bodyguard figure, but she would smile in the end and or at the right times and you know she was she was a cool part of the act, and I think you can teach that of of how to be a personality that's threatening and part of an act but that's not to diminish too much from the answer that you gave but I just want to say that as a wrestling as a wrestler probably not as a promo probably not but to say that she couldn't offer anything I think would be harsh fair enough okay agree to disagree but I can see your point uh, the, the things we do for in, uh, yeah quite so Tasha thank you for that Uh, back to Leanne with another question Um, quite a big question this one again so let's 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 try and boil it down something of something clean Um, why do we think that in the brand split era have we gone back to joint pay-per-views is it because of a weaker mid card on one brand or is it Brock Lesnar uh I think because one day in a meeting Vince went let's do double brand pay-per-views <laughs> I think I think Vince just comes up with things from time to time honestly um, why did we go from having one roster to two why did we go from having two rosters back to one why did we make an undisputed champion only to make their a universal champion and make it two Vince does things on whims and I just think that I think that the idea was that you don't want necessarily if I think I still think they have this notion that you're a raw fan or a smackdown mm. fan. But if there's only going to be six raw pay-per-views per year, then you can only have Roman Reigns on the pay-per-view six times a year. Whereas if you do their 12 pay-per-views a year, then he can be on all of them, can't he? And therefore you're going to double your ratings and your fans and your yep. love. Um I think that made, I made that sound a bit sarky but I think that's the thing I think that Vince has always been a guy that's all about the top talent and 12 multi-brand pay-per-views a year means that 10, 11 or 12 times you can use Daniel Bryan 10, 11 or 12 times you can use AJ Styles 10, 11 or 12 times you can use Seth Rollins or The Miz or Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns or whoever it is that you're going to Braun Strowman if you want to do a concept pay-per-view and you want to have that guy in it if it's multi-brand, then you can do it. I think that's probably the the main reason. It's just the 
I don't think that the um, the worry about the the mid card of the brand is too much an issue because I actually think that I actually think that the the brand both brands are pretty stacked right now. I don't think uh, I don't think you'd have much of an issue doing a single brand pay per view if you if you book the television shows. Well. I um, um sorry, go on. No, no, no. Oh, fine, sorry, I'm to interrupt there. Um, I'd say I'd, I'd boil it down to one word really, and and that's panic. I'd say that um, what, how long has the brand split been on now? Just coming up two years, two years in June, July. So um, since then, no, not, not even yeah, yeah, it is. Yep, two year, two two years yeah. this early summer. Um, right. Essentially, attendance has been down for a lot of pay-per-views. All these single brand pay-per-views, I found them really, really hard to sell out. Um, I don't know the numbers for viewers on the network, but you know, maybe maybe they're in a similar boat. Um, and I think they've looked at those attendants and gone, right, how can we how can we prop these up? Well, let's get more stars on. People want to see Roman Reigns or people want to see AJ Styles. People want to see everybody. Um, and they've done just exactly what they did during the last brand's bit. They've panicked. They've bent their own rules um, for business reasons, which I believe are incredibly short-sighted. I think if you're going to do brand split brand shows, you need to do split brand pay-per-views. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's essentially it. Panic over falling attendances. Panic, yeah, panic at the disco. Right, so um, Richard Housen, uh, another regular listener, asks, if you could change it, what main event would you have given to WrestleMania 7 instead of Hogan versus Slaughter? And how would you have built to it? Um, yeah, uh, he also asks if this would have affected other matches, how would you have done that? We we'll probably won't get into that, Richard, but we'll definitely have a look at the main event. Rob, have you got any ideas? I have. Uh, wow, you have okay. Do yours because I wasn't expecting. The, I, haven't, I haven't seen these questions ahead of time. So uh, uh, okay, I've got one formulating, and I'll see if I can work that into something by the time you. Okie dokie. Right, I would have done. Uh, first of all, I I didn't. You know, looking back now, I didn't like the slaughter Hogan angle. Thought it was very entertaining at the time. I was a kid, um, but going back, no, it wasn't a big fan, and. Um, Obviously, the business wasn't great on it either because it, it, they had to move the venue for inverted commas security reasons, but really it's because they didn't sell any tickets. Um, so, yeah, absolutely right to question this main event. Um, I think I would have gone back. I'm a bit torn, actually. Um, and, and let me also put a caveat on that. No, I tell you what. No, I'm not torn. I'm not torn at all. I would have, quite simply, I would have turned Jake the Snake Roberts heel earlier and done Hogan against Jake Roberts as a main event. I think that would have been wonderful in that era. I think that it would have been, you know, after he'd dealt with, he could have dealt with the model a lot earlier. Um, He could have turned heel in any number of ways. Uh, And I think a few, Jake Roberts was at his absolute peak as a face then, so he would have really hit home as a heel like he did later in 91. I think having him take the belt and seem like a really dangerous foe against Hogan would have been a great matchup. I'm not sure I can beat that. Um, the only thing I could think of would be to have somehow. Oh, that's it. That doesn't look like if you if you look up and down that card. You know, do you think who else? Okay, you remove Slaughter. Who are the other big stars in the company at yep. that time? Well, it's only Warrior. Yeah, and Savage. I was thinking the same. And they're wrestling each other. And the previous two years, but you'd seen 
that match, yep. haven't you? Um, I think the only thing I can think of is that I would have found a way of going back to Hogan and Savage. Uh, done Hogan and Savage again. This time for Savage's career. And rather than doing the career match with Warrior and the stupid, you know, three presses and the foot on the chest finish, I would have had Savage go push Hogan closer than anyone else has ever pushed Hogan. Kick out of the leg drop, do whatever. But Hogan still wins. And then Hogan leaves. And then you could do the whole angle with... Uh, with um, Sensational Sherry and Liz coming in and the reuniting and then actually Hogan could have come back out shook Randy's hand and lifted his arm so you'd have done the same booking with Randy as in the career ends Sherry ditches him Liz reunites and done all that but then done it with Hogan's thumbs up and you could have um, reunited the Mega Powers and gone off air with what was the highlight of WrestleMania 7. It's a great shout, actually. You could. Have, I, I was thinking along... I nearly said uh, Savage. I nearly said Warrior, but I didn't want to mess up that match. But that would have been a really good shout because then you could have potentially gone into the summer. And it, you could have done the Slaughter Feud. I know you could have used some more heels, but you could have had Hogan, Warrior, and Savage as a team going into yeah. SummerSlam. Oh, you- or actually, you could have done the actually, or or the the SummerSlam match probably would have been a it would have been a better match as Hogan and Savage rather than Hogan True. and Warrior. True. Yep, absolutely would. And and the idea the um, idea of the Mega Powers coming back together would have been very cool as well. Yeah, and if if you'd have had the the hindsight of knowing that Warrior was going to be such a pain in the ass, so if we're flipping the matches and we're having Savage versus Hogan. Now we've got no one for Slaughter to wrestle and no one for Warrior to wrestle. Let's have Slaughter beat Warrior at WrestleMania. Well, they started a beef, didn't they? A Royal Rumble over the title shot. They yeah. had, in fact, they had the match. They had the match, didn't they? Yeah, they had the match in which Savage hit him over the head with the yeah. So the scepter. That's how that started. You could have done the rematch at Mania and had Slaughter win again. You know, and it's a uh, because um, Slaughter was the chat. Because this is the, the difficulty with the question is that Slaughter was the chat. yes, yes. You'd have to rewind you know, back so from like, that, wouldn't you? you would have had to have had you know whatever you're asking what we would do differently in the who was it asked the question was it, it Richard was. so you're asking what we would have done in the main event well we were automatically thinking that there would have been someone instead of instead of instead of Slaughter well actually does he mean someone instead of Hogan and you know would you have had Warrior beat Slaughter and, and be the hero rather than Hogan or would you have had someone else maybe there was someone else down the card was that the time when you gave it to you know, to Bret Hart as a singles babyface, or to take, or to Undertaker. No, to Undertaker. And to be honest, I think that's a complete impossibility at that time. It was Hogan. Yeah, I think so. I think and so. I think you know, you could have gone, you could have easily had Macho Man being the one to beat Warrior at the Rumble, um, or in my scenario, Jake. It could have been, it could have been easy enough to do. Um, but yeah, I think two two pretty cool ideas there, actually, mate. Well, I, I certainly think that the the highlight of WrestleMania Seven. <laughs> We're back to our mixtape. The, the the highlight of WrestleMania Seven was was um, the reuniting of, of Savage. And no Lewis. question. And so, if you can go off air on your highlights, and you can go off air with Hogan and um, Savage hugging as well, then 
that's the whole proper mega powers reuniting. Yep. So that might that would nice, that would have been in. awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. We're going to finish up with a question from someone quite familiar to us actually DJ Stevie Cox has chipped in this better be good because I think that was a, that was a that was that was the best Richard. that one's the question of the night I think this is a good one too are you familiar with the concept of Mount Rushmore's Rob and I don't mean the actual Mount Rushmore I mean the in terms of picking your yeah yeah so Steve asks who would be our Mount Rushmore of non-wrestlers that have been involved in yeah wrestling. of course yeah so <laughs> I can't just pick four people. Can't I pick quite four like, random so. people. No. So we're gonna, you know, we're thinking managers, commentators, authority figures, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it'd been quite weird if my my Mount Rushmore would have been right. David Beckham, Frank. Skinner, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, my, I'm, I'm. Permit me to start with a couple. I think there's two on there that are really obvious. Actually, I don't think I, I wouldn't see there be any debate on them. And those two would be Bobby Heenan um, would probably be the first name I'd be chiselling out the granite uh, and right behind him would be Vince McMahon well right okay this is the how picky are we going to be in this this is the thing because both of them are no 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 what they're most known for okay they're, 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 you're right they're, both, they're, not, they're not both known for but certainly, um, certainly Bobby. Bobby was a Bobby was. A he was, but you know, he wasn't. You know, if you thought, if you tell me what was Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan was a manager or a commentator. So, no, I, yeah. I agree. So we're not getting too technical, and uh, and they're my picks. Okay, are you saying I've got to pick? Yeah, go on. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's pick two each. Uh, because of the the profound effect that he had on the wrestling industry at the time and continues to have um, Eric Bischoff good shout uh, has to be and then others that have been crikey it's a very difficult question it is there's a lot of potential contenders that's the that's the so you could you could go you could to put the three of them that ran at the same time, I think I suppose Heyman has to be a candidate. Heyman would be a very strong candidate. Jim Ross. Heyman would be a Jr. Would be a candidate as well. I think both of those because Heyman, I'll say because what you know, who is Paul Heyman? Well, quite. Is he is he a manager? Is he a promoter? Is he a bit of everything? Well, as a manager, as an advocate, as a commentator, as a booker. You know, Heyman has been involved in a heck of a lot, um, and, and is not a wrestler. Fair point of yours, also saying Jr. because of um, not necessarily because of just being the greatest commentator of all time, but being the person that signed so many of the greatest wrestlers. Yep. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't fight about either of those being the fourth fourth man. Uh, I'm really struggling to think of anyone else. No one else is jumping to my mind. No, nor me. Uh, oh, it's going to be one that's going to plague me, I have a feeling. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to say Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. I think that's Rush. a good shout. We're going to a five-headed Mount Rushmore. We can chisel some more out of the North Dakotan granite. Is it North Dakota? It's in the things. I think, I think so, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. And that's it. We've gone through our questions. So thank you very much, guys. That was really entertaining. We'll definitely be doing this on a regular basis. Yes, it's it's um, 
it's a good fun way. There are plenty of times where we have little else other than the obvious to talk about. As we often say, we don't want to be the obvious podcast. We did do an hour talking about Backlash tonight, but, you know, elephant in the room. We could not not talk about it. What we haven't talked about, I want to pencil this in for next week, Paul, because it's uh, a bit late now and you've got your flight in the morning. We haven't talked about the latest Chris Jericho development. Jericho continues to astound. We have not. And... Uh, we can we can do a bit of that next week. I want to. We could actually do a little bit more time talking about someone like a Jericho and 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 how they've changed the wrestling industry because of um, little things that they've done and how they've kept themselves relevant. That could be a, a good future topic. Is relevancy how certain people? Well, why don't we just do next week about Chris Jericho? Okay, that, that would be quite show. fun. Maybe we, maybe we can maybe we can do more themed shows like uh, like Bruce and Conrad do. Let's okay, let's do a Jericho yeah, show. Done. The Jerry Show. Jerry Show 5000. Hooked on Jericho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whichever, whatever you want to call it, let's do a, let's do a Jericho show next week. Um, I mean, indeed. So therefore, that makes it quite easy. Fire out the, uh, the question topic now. We'll do it a little bit more close to the time. Your observations on Jericho. So it can be a question for us about him. Uh, you can talk about your favourite Jericho moments. Um, how you sort of would sum him up in 50 words. Your favourite match. Your favourite promo. Um, is he overrated, underrated? Um, your personal experiences of him? Uh, anything to uh, that you feel you could contribute? To the, assume, think of it as being like a, a radio show next week, and we're taking calls and emails and texts about uh, about Jericho, and it's how you can contribute to our show. So uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you on that one. Certainly, I've got a few sort of story, stories on that front, and uh, that should be fun. Okay, so it's the it's the Jericho show next week. Um, so. Uh, based off of um, if you haven't seen the latest developments in New Japan you don't know what I'm talking about um, I've kind of spoiled it by telling you it's happening but if you can go and find it that would be cool so you can see it for yourself because uh, uh, more great fun from uh, from Jericho in New yep, Japan absolutely it? yeah we won't spoil exactly what happened you've got a week because we will be spoiling it next week um, so if you listen to this go and check oh, it listen, out we, we've, we, we've spoiled it anyway because what 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 is happening at the time? The surprise is that it's Jericho. <laughs> so yeah, fair point. The, the very fact that you're watching it, but it's still worth watching for the first time for uh, uh, to see exactly how it went about because it's uh, another pretty cool. Awesome. Moment. And I tell you what, let's uh, let's also I'm, we're doing our uh, our work on the show here. We should be doing this off air, but I'm thinking about it as we go. Let's contact some of our our pals that know something about Jericho and get some quotes off them as well. Let's um whether it's uh, by recording a little bit of audio or whether it's um, them sending us something which we can read out it'd be really fun to hear from people that have worked with Chris and, and what they've got to say about let's it let's give it a go cool okay so next week it's um, Hooked on his Jericho and uh, we'll be looking forward to that um, Paul is now uh, just zipping up his case and putting the lock on it checking in online and doing everything he needs to do uh, to um, get ready for his flight tomorrow including cursing uh, my every single word that I'm adding <laughs> to his pain at the end of this show. Oh, uh, I love you, Rob. <laughs> I know you do, mate. And I will say this to Paul, to be fair to him, he did offer to take me with him. He offered he offered it about two hours ago with you know, zero days notice, but that's not the point. He did say to me that, uh, oh, there's an Aer Lingus flight going from Bristol tomorrow for 60 quid if you want to come over. Yeah, you're okay, pal. I, but, uh, I offered it to you, uh, I offered it to you as soon as I realised you weren't working. That's true, actually. You yep. did. You did. Bless your heart. But uh, I am content for let you go and do our research. Uh, enjoy your Bama shows. Uh, enjoy uh, 
your WWE house show, and I will quiz you on those things next week before we get into all things Jericho. Who knows, maybe Jericho will turn up um, in both the main event at Bama and in the WWE house show. It's uh, the kind of thing he might do. Um, but uh, whatever you're up to this, um, this weekend, go and enjoy it. Uh, Paul, enjoy your trip away. And uh, just as a general message to everyone, just remember that all the things that we talk about, all the things we get aerated about, that at the end of the day, it's wrestling. So enjoy it. And we'll see you very soon.